Hello, all you lovely internet listeners out there. This is Michael from Conversation Street, and I'm sitting here with my darling wife, Gemma. Gemma! And we're going to be talking about Coronation Street between the 15th and the 19th of June today. This is episode 403 of Conversation Street, and that covers the Corries between 10. What did you say? 400 and what? 23. 423. Yeah. And that covers the Corries between the 10,075th and 10,077th episodes of Coronation Street, aka Coronation Street this week. Wow, you sound very cheerful. I just wanted to, yeah, I said it a little bit different this week, you know, 423 had, episodes in. We've had an, shake ex- it up a bit. an expensive week, haven't we, this week? The drain got blocked, the laptop oh, broke, and the cat had to go to the vet. The laptop has been broken for a few weeks. That was my fault. Do you want to tell the story? I, I, I didn't want to be the one that said well, it. Well, do you know whose fault, I, do you know who you're blaming this on? Me? No, I oh. blame this on um, Georgia and Charlie, because I was chatting with them on, on my phone. And then I got up and kicked my... I didn't know that that was part of the conversation. That, that was yeah, that was, uh, that was at that point. I kicked the glass on the floor and it fell all over the place. And I went, oh God, I hope the glass isn't broken. Oh, phew. Thank God for that. It's my favourite glass. And then I just wiped everything up and went on my merry way. Then I came home, home from school two or three hours later, <laughs> opened up my laptop and, oh, there's a load of water inside it. Weeps. Opened it up and it was all over the screen, all over the keyboard. And then but, it... uh, I had to race off to the um, computer repair shop in town. And, yeah, that was like two and a half weeks ago. And we finally got it back today and it's all fixed and better. Uh, yeah, but it's expensive. And also it's got Most. all of your notes and things. Yes. I made you back in, up in December. I so backed my got... podcast notes back up in December. Thank you. Yeah goodness and and, uh, and the thank, pa- thank you Gemma, Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> I want some credit here but <laughs> yeah so I've been, but we've been doing all the podcast stuff oh, well I've been doing all the podcast stuff on our home PC our desktop computer that Gemma uses for work over for the last few weeks, weeks. no because I've been in, in the other room doing that um which has it has just been you know an experience it's not been very easy but it's been all right but yeah luckily because um because you I, you made me back my um stuff up in December I was able to um Know, use bits and pieces from that I've had to when I've been doing my YouTube videos I've not had the templates that I've been using which is one of the reasons why I've not put a character profile up on YouTube for the last two and a half weeks because I haven't got a template for that um, and it also is a reason why we've not been able to do the character profile that I intended to do about two weeks ago which is Kathy Matthews which is what's coming in the bonus podcast today I don't even though she had nothing to do with this week but I wrote my notes for Kathy like a couple of days before Gemma broke the laptop, so they've just been sitting there. That's right, but right, I have okay. been cacking my pants about whether I'd be able to recover the data off my computer because I, even though it's only been, what, five months worth of data, all of the stuff that we've done for the podcast this year, all of our notes on the old DVDs, all of the YouTube stuff that I've been putting together, I reorganised the directory, my podcast file folder on the laptop beautifully boring, in January or February. So anyway, I'm in a happy mood today, apart from the fact that it's cost a lot of money. And also our poor cat, something's wrong with her and we don't know what's wrong with her. Something's wrong with Abby. She's got this weird thing. Does anybody know? Can anyone help us? She sticks, she, when she gets her, she licks herself, sometimes her tongue gets stuck outside of her mouth and she can't put it back in. And it's not like how cats sometimes do where they just forget to put it back in because I think all cats do that from time to time. It's It's like a mechanical problem with her tongue whereby it kind of, 
she can't retract it, can she? And it's for anywhere between 10 stuck. seconds and like a minute or two. She cannot put her tongue in. And we took her to see the vet um, today, which must have been a terrifying experience for her because she was having her teeth cleaned by this strange lady who had a visor and um, you know, a, a fabric mask on. And she's like, oh, she had a bit of tartar on the back of her teeth. But also thinks she's that still she, doing it. Yeah, she's still doing it anyway. So we don't know what's wrong with Abby at all. Neither does the vet. That's been our week. But the highlight of her week, my week at least, I don't know about you, Gemma, because you weren't involved, was my Zoom quiz, which I'm sure is what people would rather, much rather hear about than me, us going on about our financial woes. <laughs> we're fine, we're fine. We're lucky No, we we're are fine. really. We are we're yeah. absolutely fine because we're going to have to save a lot of money during lockdown. <laughs> <coughs> absolutely fine. <laughs> it's just annoying that it's all come at once. Um, uh, yeah, so Saturday night... I had my Zoom quiz with which um, we'd won in the um, the bidding, the online bidding oh, for Ewell Manchester. Or... This one was worth it. This is what I actually wanted to do, <laughs> yeah, this is, and it's partly worth, funded yeah. by some of our um, generous patrons' yeah, contributions exactly. as well. We don't mind spending money on things that yeah are worth it, and also this is a good charity, like you said, Eatwell Manchester, which is a charity that provides food for people living in Manchester. Yes, they didn't. They didn't really think outside the box for that name, did they? <laughs> but good, good, it's a good and descriptive name. And I think the whole thing raised over seventy thousand pounds. Yes, a lot of that was thanks to uh, Liam Gallagher's MTV Video Awards, um, <laughs> which went for like forty went, something. Yeah, but the, but the curry stuff went over, got over two thousand. Well, we'll get to that. Worth. I think the, I think we you talk about that in a minute. Okay. So yeah, um, so it was it was a really so fun on. evening. Yeah. So you and nine other super fans of Coronation Street did a silent auction and bid on taking part in this in the Zoom quiz so that you could um, compete against 10 other members of the Corrie cast and you haven't written down who they were. I've and mentioned I it before to. in the podcast. Let me see if I can remember. Sorry if I forget anybody. There was um, Sally, Sally Matthews. and Matthews. There was Sally Dinover. There was um, Helen Worth. There was Peter Gunn. There was Alan Halsell. There was uh, Sam Aston, although they all just called him Chesney. There was another Dolly, Dolly Rose, Rose, yeah. Um, who are we missing? Three people. Oh, this is really bad that I forget people. And three other unforgettable members of the Coronation Street cast. That's bad. Colson Smith. <laughs> oh my God, that's really sorry. Sorry, Colson's mum. This um, is the coronations. This is this is the the, the, the pod, podcast, podcast of Cory mums because we know at least two cast members who listen mums who listen to this. Um, who else was in it? That's really bad. Ah, oh, Tanisha Gorey. Right, yes. And somebody else. And one <laughs> other person. Who was it? I told you to write this down. You think a bit more, see if you can think a bit more. It was run by a really lovely lady called Caroline from Heard Storytelling, who um, put together what seemed to be a really fun quiz. I was in the corner of the room, but I wasn't, I wasn't taking part. I was listening to uh, my um, iPad with my headphones on. I'm watching Ozark. It was Ozarks. Anyway. Yeah, it was um, cool. So on, on Saturday evening, we had to... Uh, we, oh, yeah. Well, th- during the day, we were given our link to the Zoom, and then Saturday evening, like quarter of an hour before it, we had to um, we had to log in. We all got to meet each other, the super fans. We, we had a bit of a panic because you couldn't work out what you were doing, and also we didn't have the laptops to do... Yes, I'm, I'm <laughs> not very au fait with Zoom. Yeah, so we had, we sure had a bit of a there. panic attack about that. Um, but in the end, everything worked out well, and you you were you were a bit nervous, weren't you? <laughs> Jeffrey Shepherd. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> only the main one. Uh, only the team captain on the Curry side. 
Don't worry, he doesn't listen to this. I've even had some correspondence with Jack. Correspondence? Um, yes. Why don't we call the... our feedback section? No, we've, we've said that before. Oh. It's too late. It's too late to rebrand the 423 episodes. In. Yes, I have had a, had a little bit of a chat with Jack since then because um, that was quite funny. Um, he was very, very competitive. He was very competitive but during you, the quiz. And there's nothing too. wrong with that. I was super because nervous beforehand. Before the, the, before I was like, oh, this is going to be fine. Yeah, it's just members of the Cory cast. I've, I got I've, really nervous I've, for I've been touched with Cory cast members before. Then before it started, I was like, oh my God. Terrible. I think you were you were a bit um, nervous about the social aspect of that. I think that was the people. main thing because I think I'm you such actually, a can I just say, I think you were more scared of the other people on the Cory team than you were of the Cory stars. I think you might be right because <laughs> I didn't know who they were and I, I, I hadn't yeah, heard of any of them any before. Of them no, but they're all they all seem like lovely people. Um, yeah, maybe it was that, but it was just I me being not being very good at general social interaction no, and talking in groups. And I think you as the, talking as groups. the quiz went on. I was just fa- sounding very, drunk. very quiet. Um, but luckily, um, well, very fortunately, Sally Ann Matthews did name drop the podcast a couple of times and you got a name drop too. So that was sometimes yeah. a, way, a way in there. Maybe we've got more listeners this week. Maybe we do. And I hope that Jack P. Shepherd isn't that extra one this week. Ooh, <laughs> and is we like, saying, screw I'm them. I'm not listening to that rubbish anymore. <laughs> right, I'll tell you another reason why you won't want to listen to it. Take too long to get on with things. Well, so, I guess, go on. Well, are you gonna? Oh, what? I, I, we're gonna insert an interview here, not an interview, a chat. Interview yeah, you sounds had a far too formal. I'd love to chat with Sal, Sally Ann Matthews. She she gave me a ring after um, after the quiz and and the next day, and we talked about um, the quiz. And she well, it was her idea. She suggested we have a little chat about it. So if you want to hear what we said, um, don't press the pause button. It's coming up right now. Um, so here's here's me and Sal's phone conversation. Hello, Sal. Hi there. Nice to see you again. Well, to speak to you. Yes. Yeah, saw well, you last night. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Are you you recovered from last night? Just about. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good evening, wasn't it? It was great fun, wasn't it? What a lovely bunch of people. That was what was so nice. I know. Um, the ten of you guys were were so lovely, and young Charlotte, only fourteen. I know. She, she was brilliant. She knew her stuff as well. She did know her stuff. Um, lovely Brian in Vancouver. Yes. I mean, he was good. He was great. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That was a yeah. Yeah, Irish Brian that's moved over there. Yeah, Irish Brian, and then um, Linda and her husband who were celebrating their golden wedding anniversary. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You, um, you've remembered no, as well. I have. I can't, I can't uh, remember many of the names. I'm sorry. I think it was Phoebe. Was Phoebe the one who'd uh, done her? History dissertation on Coronation Street. Yeah. Working classes in the 1960s. I mean, I, I, and she introduced herself first, so we thought, oh, well, we are definitely going to lose this. <laughs> <laughs> and you did, but I mean, you weren't, we you weren't way behind us, to be fair, at the no, end. No, I think we did. I think we did pretty well. I think it finished 2.43 to you and 2.20 to us. Yeah. Um, so we, we did a good show, I thought. Yeah, I did too. And I... Um, I don't know whether the people listening, I mean, I don't know how much they know about it, but we, the way it kind of worked was there were five rounds, was it? Five rounds. And, and um, Caroline, who um, was the quiz hostess, she was brilliant. She did such a good mm, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She And she did, she'd put a little video presentation together to go with it. She was sharing the screen with us. It was all very high tech. Yeah. So the first round was uh, a multiple choice, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That was uh, the one where you had... Um, 
where the concept of Riley was an answer, wasn't it? And you knew, yeah. thanks to the podcast. Was, was it Christine Hardman? Somebody um, else in Concept O'Reilly. Yeah, who was the first Rovers barmaid? Yeah, who was the first Rovers And I'm thinking, because I'm, I'm sure you've mentioned Christine Hardman as well in the podcast. I was racking my brains. And in the end, I yeah, went yeah. with Concept because I knew that that was Gemma's favourite. She's just favourite name, yeah. <laughs> Nothing to do with the character. <laughs> I'm gonna go for that. I think it was right. <laughs> yeah, we, we did. We did um, quite like Christine Hardman when we were watching her on the DVDs. But uh, yeah, not a Rovers worker. No, I that, that was a, that was a good round. And then the next round was the who, what, and where, wasn't it? Which we there was a, a still which they kind of just taken a really close up mm. uh, picture of. So you had a tiny fraction of Ina's. Um, that was the one that you were was it you that was telling people the clues about um go up the stairs <laughs> yeah i did kind of give a little bit of a clue and then and, and jack was still getting it wrong at that point yeah because you got a, you got that big um mural of ina haven't you on the on the yeah, stairs at the, the building stood on the on the, and balcony, the ladder yeah, yeah. Salford yeah. and uh, yeah so we did but I have to say because we, we had a little quiz chat group which is the way we'd organise it all and mm. we didn't use that to, to, to you know to cheat so that was good <laughs> we, were, we were all very honest were you, were you in that chat like beforehand and then just agreed to come together because you literally all descended upon us because all the super fans were there for like 15 minutes well, beforehand we told, and then you suddenly yeah, arrived we were told to come in at 8 o'clock yeah most of you so, managed it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lovely Sam Aston, who was uh, not very technically minded, was he? And then, of course, Peter Gunn, who's just hysterically funny. And we ended up with two Peter we, Gunns at we one point. We did at some point. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Neither do I, but it was good fun. And, and Helen wanting to be able to answer, you know, on the multiple choice because oh, she put down Helen A Helen was hilarious. She was <laughs> absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a really lovely bunch of people, and um, I thought it was a great quiz. It, yeah, it was. What, what else did we, There was a What Happened Next round with a video. There was, yeah. um, oh, the anagram oh, round. Then we, the, the anagram round. That, that was, was hard. That was really good. So then uh, we were we had to go and join a, what was it called, a break? A breakout room uh, a breakout or something room, like that. A breakout don't know. room. Yeah. So that meant that on the Zoom call, the 10 cast were together and could confer over the anagrams and... Um, yeah. There were six anagrams and both teams got five. Yeah. None of us got Alf Roberts, uh, did we? None of us got Alf Roberts. Very disappointing. We didn't tell Helen off. Yeah, yes. Even though in in my breakout group we we got Robert, but we thought, oh, is Robert someone? Who is not Robert Preston? That doesn't fit. <laughs> we were really oh, no, close. We, we got thinking. Albert, so we were, yeah. We just and then the time was ticking down. It was tense. <laughs> it was a really good fun quiz, and thank you to you and to the other nine contestants who um, obviously got this opportunity because you were bidding on uh, the Well Manchester mm-hmm. site the night that they did their fundraising and this was one of the prizes and uh, in total the 10 of you raised £2,600 which is extraordinary good of us, yeah so, well, thank you um, to you for, for... Was it your idea? Or was it... You kind of... It was... A bit it was of an organiser, were Sally Dinever's uh, idea. Mm-hmm. And then Sally came to me and said, I've had this idea, but I don't know where to organise it. Can you organise it? Uh, so I was just chief organiser and... Uh, yeah. And recruited. Yeah, well, it was really nice of you and all the cast to give up your Saturday evenings to do it as well. well we had a, We had a ball. We all loved it. 
so uh that, that but that was because you guys were so lovely and uh and we all got drunk <laughs> well i did any excuse <laughs> so no, it was a really fun evening and uh, my mum was listening she was saying my mum was saying can i come and play i said no you can't mother <laughs> so she sat in in the other room but she could just hear me laughing a lot did, so, did your uh, mum tell me did your mum tell you that she emailed me afterwards yeah she did <laughs> She said, I emailed Mac. I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she told me all about that. Um, yeah. But no, it was a great evening really for was. a great cause and uh, it was such good fun. So thank yeah. you all for being brilliant. Yeah, thank you again. It was really cool. And you, you took a picture, didn't you, which you put on your Instagram so people yeah. can, can have a look at that as well. Great, yeah, great stuff. Was- it was it was a really fun night, mm. so well done. Cool. Now you're just before you go, you're back into work this week, aren't you? I am. That's I am. The... I'm driving up to Manchester tomorrow, and I'm in on Tuesday. Yeah. So going to um, serve those takeaways from the Rovers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be really interesting. I mean, from from what I hear, from what I've seen, and we've had uh, we had a, a meeting with a, a virtual meeting with the producer last week. Mm where we were taken through everything and like Peter Gunn said last night it's going to be safer to go to work than it is to go to Tesco oh yeah they've um, put in so many provisions the only thing I'm slightly worried makeup designer said I'm going to have wonky eyeliner <laughs> I mean that's just going to be a thing <laughs> because I'm I'm terrible uh, I don't really wear a lot of makeup myself and I just can't do it <laughs> so if you see Jenny with quite wonky eyeliner you'll you'll know why just, just say it's a new fashion that she picked up in France <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how they're well, all doing it in Paris darling <laughs> there is uh, and I think there's going to be quite a a jump from the episodes that we shot before lockdown and to these ones where my hair is a completely different colour. It's gone so light in the sun hmm. um, and probably about a good half a stone heavier as well because of all the food I've been eating. <laughs> I think everyone's so, going to be like that. Well, apart from Colson Smith. Oh, yeah, apart from Colson, he's so gone the other way, way so, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think there's going to be some interesting uh, hair continuity and size continuity but you know what i think the audience will just go with it. i think they'll, we'll forgive it yeah it. So. <laughs> but no, the scripts are really good good um so that's exciting yeah because we got that's about a month and a bit away isn't it we that we'll see that a little bit longer to wait um, I yeah i think it's gonna end, be end july. around about 20th of july yeah, i think we like start that. to transmit i think mm. something like that yeah okay well thank you very much for coming and, and having a chat again tonight sal been, and right. thank you again for yesterday evening i had a really 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 well, good time it's brilliant so did i i loved it so thank you cool right see you then bye, bye. bye. there you go thank you thank you she's very very nice thank you um, i hope everybody enjoyed listening to that and could live through it uh, vicariously and, and just imagine yourselves what it was like I would also because like... it was awesome it was really it was honestly it was so 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 fun I, once I'd get over my nerves um, it, it was great I want to read this dissertation yes that, that somebody did yeah Corrie dissertation that's amazing yeah. I think he gave you that option when I was doing my degree I would like to thank Caroline and Sally for and Sal for putting it all together and all the rest of the Cory um, stars for... A yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a Saturday evening that they gave up. It was, and it was quite a, a long time. You know, to entertain. It was like an hour and a half. An hour and a half, two hours or so. Enter, yeah, entertain some, some big Cory fans. I'm sure everybody was very, very appreciative. And go team fans, we yeah. won. Yeah. Um, and all, all my training did pay off, apart from... 
the, all the questions that I fell down on were about Corrie weddings, so I think I need to bone up on those at oh, some point. I'll tell you what we haven't said, have what? we? Although it was the Corrie fans, fan team that won, mm. you were the one who scored the highest number of points, you and Brian. Yes, yes, it was a joint joint highest score on the Corrie team was me and, um, and Brian. And was Brian was a formidable opponent. He for was. The Corrie, for the Corrie, he really knew um, his actors. stuff. Yeah. So um, the, the combined might and, and all the rest of you guys... Did a great job. <laughs> I enjoyed the bits I could actually listen to. Um, yes, but obviously we weren't allowed to record it. We said that last no, 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 time on the podcast. So, um, but we are allowed to talk about it. Yeah, we can, we can um, talk about it. And yeah, Caroline was a fantastic host. And um, Eat Well Manchester, I think um, you probably still donate money to them if you, if you would like. I'm sure they would let you. Yeah. No, no, no. Manchester's full for now. We've got so much food, we can't eat all of it. Do you want some? (laughs) It's like me when I order takeaway. (laughs) (laughs) Got £70,000 worth of food here, guys. Yeah. Yeah, no. Great, great evening. Um, It'd be nice if they could do it again, but it it felt like a really, you know, one-off, exclusive kind of special experience. They wanted it to feel worth no, the the, yes. the the money for the, the very, people that bid, and I, I think everybody had a really really good time. Very nature of these things is exclusive in both, you know, meanings of the word, as in it excludes people. So it'd be cool if we could have something that people could watch. I think a live streaming question and answer session or something like that would be really cool if they wanted to do yeah. any other charity stuff. But obviously everyone's back to work now, so there's less time for these things, and it's just really nice to see how hard the Corrie stars have worked to keep people entertained while they've been hanging around in oh, lockdown. Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. So the Corrie Good News stuff, this, and um, all the social media things, and even, even like, people in the fandom, like um, uh, the Corrie blog, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, doing doing fun things yeah, for people too. I really think that it feels more than ever that the Corrie fans are a community an online community oh, yeah, yeah, i think i think in in recent times there has been tumultuous elements of, <laughs> of the fan base which have felt a bit divisive but i think now everything feels quite harmonious together. and nice so. before we move on can i say thank you to everyone on the facebook group and twitter and everything who wished me good luck before the quiz and and was keen to hear about it and said lots of nice things and go on michael you'll do great yes and thank you to our patrons that. as well who helped to fund these fun things that we're able to do since Indeed. we've started it, it really makes a massive difference. And we hope also it makes the podcast better. Mm-hmm. And don't forget that even if you're not a patron, you can support us just by listening and sharing. Telling uh, people all about tell us. us. Tell people just like about Megan, us. who tweeted about us this evening, didn't That's she? True. She put Megan. a photo of herself, listened to Conversation Street and said it was a great podcast. For photographic evidence, otherwise we would not have believed her. Yes. Now, <laughs> speaking of patrons, you there's, there is still time couple of weeks still actually to enter our patreon competition but it's scary how quickly july's coming up i know my birthday is on its way (laughs) this closes on the 3rd of july and this is the conversation the the competitions already that have been going on about for the past three weeks or so now this is your chance to win an annual not an annual a one-year subscription at rose return level to our Conversation Street Patreon. And for that, you get your name on your blog, you get episode previews about what we're going to talk about, you get early access to interviews, you get a monthly bonus episode once a month, um, and access to all the previous ones as well. We send you the show notes each week, we send you a postcard, and we popped a couple more postcards in the uh, mailbox this week, didn't we? So they'll be winging their way to America and and Germany. everybody that wants to give us money to do this. A mug after six months. It is a really awesome prize. 
Um, and it's, it's only toot, open toot. to people who are not currently Patreon. So thank you everyone who's entered so far. And I think everybody who's entered so far has got the, the answer right in it as well to the question that will now be read by my glamorously oh, voiced back. assistant. Okay. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Better out than in. Up to Corey, episode number 10,068. How many episodes does that mean we have covered in our street talk section over the years? So you need to go back to find out what episodes we talked about in episode one of Coronation Street and you need to subtract that number from 10,068. We're really just telling you how to do it now. We're not even going to go to Corypedia. I thought we'd already said this. The, the fact... The fact that everybody who has um, written, written into us so far has said the same number means it is definitely doable and it well doable. worth it as well. Because, as I said, I think you, you, you get, get a, quite a lot a of nice content for this. And I we it. really enjoy doing our extra Patreon episodes. So. Yes, I have made my notes for um, the next one, one, which will be coming out this weekend, hopefully. Yep. Um, so, yeah, good luck, everyone. You've still got a couple of weeks for that and we'll keep going on about it um, until... The competition closes, but only on the podcast because we don't want randos from Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever <laughs> just happening to bumble across They'll it. We want it to be some listeners. Right. Quiz time now. This is what normally we begin the show with. And now, what, 25 minutes Yeah, 25 minutes, minutes in. Here's time for the quiz, everybody. We're going to run out of web space in June again. I know. It? Okay, right. 15th to the 19th of June, years ending in 0 and a 5. And this is sourced from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Here's the first question. 15th of June 2015. Where does Jenny run off to with Jack? <laughs> I wish we could do I'm video. I'm going to say, I think it's Hull. It is Hull. Yeah. I wish we could do video podcast because it's always so cute. When you don't know the answer, you just clutch your part, hand I to your cheek. I should know this. Um, and what, what did she get arrested for? Child abduction? Yeah. Good one. 16th of June 1975. Which ghost does betty turpin think she hears in the snug martha longhurst true true fact 16th of june 1980 who was it was it was it paul on from Coriart who was saying was there an actual ghost or did i don't I can't remember whether it was him or not yeah i don't know whether that was mystery was ever resolved that, they did that ghosts exist i mean in the, the glasses the that were left on the rover's bar were claimed by someone i know but as for the as for the voices that betty heard i think she'd just been you know on the gnt that evening Maybe she had a bit of a funky hot pot. Um, 16th of June, 1980. Elsie Tanner's grandson comes to visit her in Weatherfield. What is his name? Uh, I don't know. Do you not can know. guess what his surname is. Tanner. Oh, you idiot. It's Martin oh, no. Tvesky. Oh, living. oh, of course. Oh, the, oh man, that's a stupid... Oh, ashamed <laughs> of myself. Sixteen. Little, what? I'd say the little babber who was in the like in the first episodes, wasn't it? So he was a strapping twenty-year-old when he returned. Uh, Man, go. Right. All right. Sixteenth of June, two thousand and ten. Which identity does John Stape take on at a teaching conference, and who does he have to confess his scheme to? Colin Fishwick. Yeah. And I'm going to say he confesses his scheme to Charlotte Hoyle. Correct. Seventeenth of June, two thousand fifteen. Luke bags some cheap designer T-shirts, but what's the name of the brand? Mule face. <laughs> never forget. I love, oh, no, I will never forget Mule face. Seventeenth <laughs> of June, two thousand five. Why does Blanche decide she wants cell number seven, even though she promised Tracy she'd inherit it? Um, I'm going to have a wild guess at this and say it was to fund her Polish hip. Yeah. Replacement. <laughs> 18th of June, 1990. Cecil Newton puts a stop to a plan to do what with the rover's return? Um, turn it into American 
diner kind of place. Do you know what the name of it was going to be? Um, no, I could think for a long time and I still might not get it, so you might as well just It's a New York-themed bar. No. Yankees. Yankees, okay. Um, right. So he was you the won't... grandfather of Henry Newton. Perhaps. Definitely. Um, you will not know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because it's a funny, I think this is funny trivia. Who was installed as the relief manager for one episode? And what was the name of the actor who played him? When? What do you mean when? On the, 7th, on the 18th of June, 1990, oh. a man was installed. I don't know. His name is Roger Woodhouse. Mm. And the answer to the question, who played him, is nobody knows. What? He is uncredited. Oh, I think that's mysterious. That is mysterious. Oh. 19th of June. Because he's got his own Wikipedia, um, Coropedia page and everything, yeah. the character. And it's like, unknown. Does he have dialogue, I wonder? I can't remember. Hmm. 19th of June, 2015. In her grief, what does Alia do with Grace, J- Grace and Jimshaw? <laughs> Jason Grimshaw. Um, go to bed with him. Yeah. She loses her virginity. Also, also in the same day, she ordered a glass of white wine. I say, if you're going to start drinking, don't start with wine. It gets you drunk really quickly, but I don't still don't think it tastes nice. (laughs) Just drinking because it's a convenient, (laughs) convenient way to get smashed. (laughs) Although I am going to be getting a box for my blog, which is supposed to teach me about how to how to appreciate wine. So that could be an expensive mistake. Uh, No. 19th of June 2000. What is the full name that Sarah registers her daughter as? Bethany. Yeah. Brittany. Yeah. The mother's name is Sarah Platt. I know, but I'm just wondering whether the father's name was in there at all. What? Platt what? Ferns. Ferns Platt. What's the, what was the name of, what was his first name? Neil. Bethany, Brittany, Neil Platt. <laughs> Bethany, Brittany, Platt, then. Yes. Good. Okay. I think you were I thought that might that. have been a trick question. No, I wanted to know if you remembered that she had wanted to call her Brittany. I thought you asked me that last week. I did. And I remembered it last week, too. Yes. Ace. Super fan. 19th of June. Official. You won't know the answer to this. <laughs> 19th of June, 2005. After a night in the town, what does Adam Barlow turn up to work with written on his forehead in lipstick? Uh, and if you ask me, this is a clue, this was racist. Jock. Haggis. <laughs> Haggis. Should have been Shaggis. That's his, probably that's his sexy nickname. I think you got 10 out of 15. Uh. Shaggis. <laughs> um, right. Oh, we got the quick fire round on the... Um, the Coronation Street 150 questions and answers. We'll, we'll talk about free, this week's Cory soon, I promise. Which was free with everybody. Coronation Street magazine. Right. From who did Len by number one in, two, in 1968? Um, mm, uh, number one, 1968? Albert? The Barlows. Who did David uh, Barlow marry? Um, Rogdon. What was the name of Ken Barlow's father? Frank. Who is Gail Platt's mother? Audrey. Does Gail, does Mavis Wilton have a child? No. Name the barmaid Don had an affair with. Don had an affair with? Um, uh, oh yeah, I don't remember. It's not Josie, is it? She wasn't the barmaid. No, it's Julie 
Julie Dewhurst. Mm, yeah. What sort of shop did Ernie Bishop own? Camera. Photography. Same Camera thing. shop. Um, what colour is Phyllis's hair? <laughs> Bluey, lilac-y, purple I'll give you a mark because you said lilac. Which, at which hospital did Emily work as a visitor? Weatherfield General. Um, who was Betty Turpin's sister? Maggie Clegg. Yeah, you got two wrong. Oh, well, that's all right. Not bad, not bad. Okay. Um, birthdays. 20th of June, director Paul Bernard and Philip Lowry play Dennis Tanner. 21st of June, Maggie James, Blanche Hunt II. Peter Dudley, who played Bert Tilsley. Anne Kirkbride, who played Deirdre Barlow. Will Thorpe, who played Chris Gray. 22nd of June, Judith Barker, who played Janet Barlow. On the 26th of June, Harry Vizioni played Seb Franklin. That, them, is the birthdays. Happy birthday, all them folks. And we can finish now and go on, move and do street talk. At last, street talk time. (laughs) Here it comes. So, street talk time. We are going to be talking about um, five sex-ish storylines this week. Um, starting off with the, the Carla and her mysterious visitor last the week. Carla. We, we searched the Carla storyline. We certainly learned a lot more about her this week. Um, the Scott from the Squat is what I'll call the storyline this week. That kind of reminds me of Scott's tots from The Office. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Got it all back. Um, we had a bit more of Yaz fighting, a little bit more of Dan in the dumps, which is how Daniel's feeling a bit miserable. Dan the moment, in the dumps. Isn't it? <laughs> That's um, a very EastEnders storyline title. I thought it sounds a bit more Neighbours to me. Um, let's get this show no, on the road to recovery. She's back next week, back on the streets. So Dave's been making his preparations this week. We've had um, a bit more of the um, Imran and Laura and Rick Nealon storyline at the beginning of the week. I call that this week Laura, Lawyers and Liars. And finally, we had a little bit of return to the Nana Romanza storyline with Evelyn and Arthur. They had a little date to know the trivia oh, game. Oh dear, it went. It didn't go very well. Well, it was all right. It was all right in the end. They didn't, you know, they didn't end up in bed together. But gosh, who? Gosh forbid. <laughs> right, what are you gosh doing? Forbid. What are you doing on that iPad there, Gemma? Just about literally. Who starting... do you want? Who do you want to start? I'll start this. Go but... on then. But I, 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 Michael, if, you don't need an audience. You've already got one. Yeah, but when I'm doing my bits on the podcast and you start fiddling around on the iPad, it feels like um, I'm going on a tightrope rope over the Niagara Falls. I'm just going to fall off and, and you're not going to be there to catch me. What are you up to anyway? I'm <laughs> just looking at outfits. Don't look up fashion. Why? I during the podcast. I like. I'm a great right, woman. The Scott from The Squat. Oh, wow. You're Shall- so great. This is brilliant. <laughs> I'm engaged with this. Shut up. We last left. You spelled Kelsey wrong. Have I? Yeah, it's got a, in the show. It's got a Y on the end, not an A. Oh, whatever. Chelsea was last left with Carla uh, confronting her in the toilets last Friday. Wow, yeah, that was really interesting. <laughs> Am I not being supportive enough? No, you're not. <laughs> you asked for it, and she'd said. Oh, you'll never guess who I am. Oh. And what we find out is this story that she's made. And we don't know how true the story actually is. I mean, she could be making the whole thing up really about the drugs. I'm not sure. But the story goes that Carla was, when she was staying in this squat last April, I think it was, and when she had a little bit of a bit of a meltdown and she did a bit of a runaway. I think you can call it a breakdown. Yeah, she did a little runaway out the window when Toya was trying to counsel her. She ended up staying with Chelsea. That's rude. Um, and she can't remember much of it. She said most of it was a blur. And, um, and and Chelsea says, look, before you left, you flushed some drugs down the toilet. A grand's worth of gear, apparently. Um, and I want it back. It sounds I... like the sort of thing that Carla would do. 
Why? That's um, what I want to know. Why would Carla flush drugs just down to the be toilet? Annoying. I don't. I. I she's taking the moral high ground. I had a, a look back and a think back, and I, I'm pretty sure we didn't see this happen. No, I don't think so. So um, it, it does have a slight ring of retcon to it, and I. I well, we I, didn't see her the whole time, did we? It's no, no, I know, I know. It's one of these things that's like, oh, what, what was in the gap? It'd be. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know. Anyways, but anyway, Chelsea has allegedly been beaten up by this dealer, um, and then Sally comes into the toilet, which breaks tension a little bit. So they head back to the bar, and Peter sees that Carla has coming out of the loo with this woman. Is like, do you know her? And she says, No, I do not know this woman. Um, she hangs around, saying that, Look, Carla, if you don't pay up, I'm going to tell Peter exactly what Carla had to do to survive on the street, and that put lots of ideas into viewers' heads. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it did involve I think getting it was, naked. Yeah, I think it was obvious what he meant, but it was fun to pretend that we didn't had had no idea. It did. We had a nice thread be. on our Facebook group, didn't we, about all the possibilities of what Carla had been uh, getting up to I during the time. I speculated that she'd been in Emmerdale. No, you said Hollyoaks as your speculation. Oh, okay, yeah, that's more of a druggy kind of. Yeah, isn't it? Well, I don't my, know. My, I've my speculation on the Facebook group was that she'd actually Carla and um, Chelsea had actually been to bed together. Oh no, I didn't. I said that Carla had had, had been in bed with Tracy Barlow. Is what I'd oh, say because, yeah, as we all know, Tracy's Paula wasn't sexual. Tracy's first. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of retconning, anyway, where are we up to? Um, Chelsea um, makes her excuses and leaves when Peter comes over, and, and Carla says, "Oh, I'm feeling lightheaded. I need to need to go out the back." So Carla tells Peter. Everything. Well, she didn't tell him everything out there. She says that she's, um, she she says that this is a woman that I used to know in this when I was you know, away last year. <laughs> um, he she doesn't tell him about the um, insinuations that Carla got up to naughty business while she was away, but she says that this woman's come back to haunt me from the past in a dark new storyline. So Peter um, goes off to find. Uh, Chelsea and finds her outside and bars her from coming back to the pubs, gives her a £20 note to bog off and stop blackmailing Carla. And Carla, Chelsea does not seem intimidated by Peter in the slightest, does she? She's, she's been living on the streets. I'm sure she's seen a lot worse and been... I mean, she's been beaten up by a drug dealer, apparently. So having Peter come over to you and his new laid-back LA personality is not going to be getting her to sweat anytime soon. So um, she then, Chelsea, calls up some mysterious person on the phone who later turns out to be uh, Jordan the next episode and says look you need to come over here and what with what you got that's going to get Carla doing whatever we tell her um Carla overhears this about what Peter's done and she doesn't think it's going to work she thinks he's actually made things worse by confronting Chelsea about it she'd slung her up and, and it was over as far as Carla was concerned she's very very distressed by it all and that is Carla's main emotion this week isn't it distress distress worry sobbing she's not finding this week very easy bless her she thought that that part of her life was over and she turned over a new leaf, new kidney, and um, no, it's just been dragged back up again. He says he's going to make sure that Chelsea does not come back again. How'd you get on with that, Peter? Hmm, let's find out on Wednesday. Wednesday, Chelsea's back, but she's out the back of the Rovers. She's polite and goes in the back way. No, she doesn't go inside, does she? She's there in the smoking shelter, just chilling out because, as I say, she's not intimidated by Peter or anything or anyone. It seems... Um, so Kyla says, look, if I, if I offer to buy you breakfast in Roy's, can you go away, please? And Chelsea thinks that's great. Um, so she, she sort of toddles off over there. Um, Carla goes over and sees Chelsea in the, uh, in the cafe later. And Scott's there. Scott's 
He's not had much to do or say this week, has he? But he's been hanging around, listening in on things. And I I can't decide. I still, um, We're still none the wiser about Scott this week and what his relationship with Johnny could be. But I'm also kind of thinking, do you, do you know Chelsea? Do you, do you know anything that's going on with her as well? Because he seems very, very interested. Either that or he's trying to get some dirt on Carla. I'm not really sure. But anyway, he's there. Um Carla leaves, Chelsea gets on the phone to, to Jordan again and says, I'm about to get chucked out of here, so you better hurry up. So she does turn up later at the Rovers with this Jordan bloke. He runs the squat that Carla stayed in. Carla insists that she owes them absolutely nothing, but he disagrees because he brings up the fact that when they were together, they got to know each other intimately. Now, what would Peter say to that? So they went to bed together, Gemma. Shocking. Oh, I, that is exactly the reaction that Coronation Street wanted when that revelation was, not, that bombshell was dropped. Carla. Carla, she would, she would. Carla says, look, you've got no proof. But he gives a pretty detailed description of um, what Carla looks like naked. I think this is, uh, yeah. This is Her true. birthmarks and such. Um, and then Liz comes in and, and, and the, the pair of scallies leave. Carla's left pretty shaken by all of this, as you might imagine. So Peter finds her doing some washing up later to rave music in the Rover's you kitchen. You thought that would break, bring her right back to her druggy days. Maybe maybe it's like when uh, Dave was playing Shona sounds to try and remind her. And yeah, maybe. Carla's, yeah, did I actually do this? If I play some of this awful music, will I remember? How dare you say it's awful? So... Um, she, she, he, he says, look, you've been crying. And she, uh, she says, no, I just splashed water on myself and the washing up, which does start bawling when he leaves. Uh, Jordan comes back again later on, demanding more money again. He's like, look, I've got to pay back my dealer. And I'm not going to leave without getting any money from you. Then Peter walks in to find Carla being intimidated. How will they get away from this? How will they resolve this cliffhanger, Gemma? I don't know. Well, she says that he's just trying to find out whether they've got a room spare at the Rovers on, Wednesday, uh, on Friday's episode. So that's it. No, there are no rooms at the inn. So he leaves. In the bar, Carla is um, fiddling over some... So distraught. She's, she's so distraught that she drops a glass and cuts herself on it because she thinks that she can just scrape it up in her fingers. <laughs> um, then she goes into the back and then she tells Peter everything. She's like, oh, she's oh like, that bloke who was here before, be a, I had sex with him. This is supposed to be a blackmail story, but these are boring. Let's change it. Yeah, it has changed to something else. Well, I'm glad that they did because I wasn't particularly interested in it. I thought that for, I, I, the way I was kind of going this week with Coronation Street was I was I was not particularly gripped by Monday or Wednesdays, um, but I, I enjoyed it more today when this one this and other stories changed direction a little bit. Anyway, she in, she's insistent that um, Jordan didn't force himself on her because Peter's natural reaction is like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him, I'm going to catch up with him, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, he raped you. And she's like, no, no, he didn't. It's starting to come back to me now. Um, I think I, I think I consented. And he's like, no, you couldn't have consented. You were, you you were out of it. Well, also <coughs> later on, the guy actually comes in and says that you slept with me so that I would put a roof over your head, which is... You know. Yeah, but the fact that she was in the middle of a mental breakdown. At no, the time, my point is that it's not a trans. It's not a. It's not a consensual transaction if one party is um, holding something over the other one. Yeah, quite, quite. Anyway, um, she says, "Look, I just don't want everybody to find out about this. You know now, but I want to keep it between the two of us. So I need to give him this money." So Peter um, gallantly offers her sixty hundred pounds off of his credit card, and she six hundred, not a hundred. Six hundred pounds, and she reckons that she can top up the extra four hundred off of hers, um, and then they think we're going to pay it, and that's going to be the end of it. 
So Jordan and Chelsea come back to the Rovers later. Roy's there too because he's been doing a bit of spring cleaning at his flat and he's found Carla's Barbie alarm clock. And her and a pair of clogs, pe- which seems strangely significant. Yeah. Because he was like, these are your shoes. And she's like, these aren't my shoes. So whose shoes are they then? They're not Haley's. Maybe Nina is a closet clog wearer. Maybe Nina secretly wears white. It might be Haley's anyway. I mean, Amsterdam, you know, clogs. You were calling them clogs, but they weren't. They were like platform sandals. I thought you said they were clogs. Why were written clogs here? Did he say clogs? I don't know. He uh, might have said clogs, but I don't think Roy is the oracle of fashion. <laughs> no, that's you, darling. Thank you. Um, anyway, Peter has got to be held back because he is, he is right up for a laying, sort of laying this guy out. So Carla can't take it anymore, rings her pub bell and announces to all and sundry all the sordid details, basically. Guess she what? Said, I shagged this guy and he's trying to blackmail me. Yeah, and then she gets a round of applause from it where because Jordan and Chelsea are kind of caught off guard by this. They weren't expecting that. They were standing there like naughty school children. Yeah, they're like, oh, we were going to say that. God damn it. Um, so they are escorted out by Scott and Abby. That's a grand dance, Swanee. And... Um, yeah, Abby to the rescue the yet again, the unsung hero of Coronation We Street. sing her. We're yeah. singing her. Yeah, sing her praises. Um, so Peter goes out later that night. He tells Carla that he's got some shifts at streetcars that he needs to do to help Tim out. Mm. But as he kind of picks up his keys to go, it looks like he's got um, other things on his he, mind. He wrings his coat in his fists. Mm. And he gets back at two o'clock in the morning. Oh dear, that's late. You, you'd have still been out, Gemma. You know you would. Of course I would be. So Carla's there in the kitchen because she's a secret vampire. She's asleep. She's sleeping on, the, on the sofa. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was, And he brings she? a pizza He brings in. a pizza, which Wait, cheers she... her right up. And then she starts eating it. Yeah, but, but not before. She's gone into the kitchen to get some plates or something. And very handily, the radio's on. And also very, yeah. very handily announcing, announcing that um, there's been two people beaten up on a scally estate. And yeah. obviously and the insinuation the is that Peter has... Um, not been doing his streetcars. He's been out... Beating scallies. Teaching these two a lesson. Which does sound like the sort of thing that he might do, but I'm starting to wonder, you know, is that just what they want us to think? Oh, yeah, I, I don't know that it's apparent. <sighs> Which definitely... Oh, dear me, darling. Yeah, sorry, you're keeping me up. <laughs> um, I want to know, why is it that they desperately need this £1,000 now... When well, so do I. Carla it's been... supposedly flushed it a year ago. That's that's one of my big problems with this that's story. That's obviously a load of rubbish. But that, there, there hasn't been any other um, clues that they're just making this all up. But I am wondering why they waited a whole year. Is Carla that difficult to track down that it's taken a year to find her? I, d- I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah, Are we I supposed that, to not really... Weak. Which is what's giving this story just a little feeling of... It's something tacked on. It's dragging up the past. That well, Carla said. I thought that that was behind us, and I was thinking that about Carla's story. Now I'm, yeah, I don't it. really need that really part of Carla's it. past to be well, in focus again. Everybody on the Facebook page, including me, were saying, "Oh God, this is stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Why is she letting this happen? Why is Carla not just saying, sing your hook?" I don't well, that's what we've been complaining about all this time, isn't it? For so long, what's going on with Carla? Why she she never used to be like this? The old well, Carla would have, you know, grabbed her by the scruff of the neck and chucked her out of the pub. I know, but um, Shannon on a Facebook page was saying that she reckons it's not really the point of it. Isn't about 
the blackmail stuff, but about the emotional toll. And uh, maybe she'll have a relapse. And I think she, she raises a good point that um, it must be very upsetting to suddenly realise that you had forgotten something so significant and have it all dragged out. And then you start to worry, like, if I've forgotten that, what else have I done? Yeah, but, but the, the thing time, is, I mean, yes, she really might know. have a relapse, and it might. But does, does anybody? Does anybody want to see that? No, nobody does. Um, also, just because he's seen her naked does not mean that they had sex with each other. Especially if she was out of her head on drugs, she could have done anything. She could have took her clothes off and fell asleep naked. Yeah, and I've, he didn't I have don't any know proof either. And and just because the the other thing is, if a man comes into a pub and says. Give me a thousand pounds, or I'll tell everyone you've got a mole on your ass. I'd be like, go on then. Who's going to know I've got a mole on my ass? Nobody. I only d- one, only one person. Well, two, maybe three people. My parents and you know whether I have any distinguishing features underneath my clothes. I wonder. You know what I mean. I was wondering why, why, how well he would remember her anyway. A year ago. Well, so she was obviously a good time. <laughs> he saved that one in the old memory banks. <laughs> Probably. For those lonely nights in the squat, he brings was, that one up. I was expecting him to have better evidence, like a photo or something. Yeah. It, it didn't make sense that he had no evidence other than he knew where her birthmarks were. Mm. It, it was a convenient way of getting around that, because I think um, you'd said before he revealed that, what, where's the proof, he hasn't got any, and then yeah. not long after he brings that up, and you're like, oh, okay. But I, I, if I, I just want to know about the proof of these flushed drugs. Yeah, that's what I mean. And They're making that bit up. I, I, I seriously don't believe that they, that they, that that's the problem, and it's taken them a year, and they, and they need it now. Like, what, do the drug dealers have, like, a year's grace period, and then... If you don't give them the money back, they suddenly can't come looking for you. I don't think so. Yes, it's very reasonable. I know where I'm going to be getting my drugs from now. Yeah, me too. What's Maybe the name of the estate again? The squat. <laughs> um, do you think any of this was planned a year ago? Because it was under McLeod's tenure, wasn't it? Or was this... I don't. I think it, it's silly and boring. It I don't feels care about... to me like it's clutching at straws a little Carla's bit. I don't. Sad, I don't. I don't need this side of Carla. No. Which is why I'm. I'm glad in a way that she did take control in tonight's episode. This, I, that I was thought... the only redeeming feature of the entire thing when she turned around and went, ding ding ding. Right, everybody, listen up. And she she still wasn't you know back to the old no, Carla while she was doing it. I wish she had but been. Not. Not everybody would have done that. And the, and the completely pathetic Carla that we've seen recently, I also think, wouldn't have done that. So I'm glad that she did. And it wasn't hanging around. And it seems to have turned into something else now, hasn't it? With Peter going off and supposedly beating up these two pair of, sca- this pair of scallies. Dude, what do what you reckon there? Do you reckon he has or do you reckon we're just supposed to think he has? It, it's, it's, um, if this is just an excuse for a, another whodunit, then okay, I like those. Um, but at the moment, I'm not sure, really, because... I don't know whether it can be a whodunit, no, because... because there's not many other people that yes, it could exactly. be. Scott or Roy. We know that Roy does has his violent side, doesn't he? Just ask Gary Windass. Yes. Um, the fact... I, I, I think that the fact that Peter switched off the radio must mean that he did it, because if he didn't... No, because he'd he be like, oh, no, because he didn't want her to hear anything that was going to upset her. That that made sense to me. I, I, I don't know. Well, I'm telling you. I'm telling you there was enough in that script and the way that he reacted to give you pause to wonder 
Wait, what was the reason why he turned that he off? He just didn't look surprised at all. No, I would have thought that if he didn't know that it had he... happened, and this is the first he'd heard of it, unless, let's, okay, maybe, well, then as he, if he was doing his streetcars and, and he'd already heard this news on the, on the radio earlier that evening, so he knew exactly what they were talking about, maybe then, but I don't know. No, what, I don't agree with you. I, uh, I don't know, I think it, I, it... But, I mean, the thing is, if they wanted us to think it was him, even though it wasn't, then they probably would have showed it looking like this. But yeah, the the only other option is say Scott maybe or, uh, or Abby, or, or perhaps the fact that they live on a really dangerous estate and there are drug dealers. Mm. Maybe it was the drug dealer who wanted his money. Maybe maybe tonight was the deadline. They did tell it. They did say that there was somebody after them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess Peter is going to come under suspicion, isn't he? That, that we're going to have PC Tinker knocking on his door on Monday's episode, asking where he was on whatever the day of the week, night this was at two o'clock in the morning. Um, and Carla's going to say, well, he was working at streetcars. Wasn't he, Tim? So if Peter, if Peter wasn't working at streetcars at all, he's, he hasn't got a leg to stand on. Well, we know that he was supposed to be working till 12 and then he came home at two. Oh, did he say that, did he? And he oh, I it missed took that him bit. two hours to get a pizza. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. So maybe he was I making like the story. dough himself. Maybe, maybe. I don't know, I just don't think it... Well, we'll see. But I'm interested in this twist because what I didn't want to see was this just being pathetic Carla. Um, I, I did I did like it when um, she rang the bell and just told everybody. I, I felt as though we were still missing fiery Car- Carla. Yeah, she wasn't her. fiery enough. No, she was just, again, just sad. She took control, but she still wasn't... She's still not back to her old self and... Um, yeah. I did enjoy yeah. Chelsea and Jordan standing there uh, like little naughty school children being told off in front of the class. It was another case of why are they standing there and letting this happen? <laughs> in real life, you would just go, ah, stuff this, it's not working out, let's just leave. Mm. Um, so, uh, what had your opinions been on those two before that point? Because for me, they were just a little bit cut and paste they're really bland. really yeah just cookie cutter you know, Cory cu- scallywags yeah, who come and menace people and try and blackmail them for five minutes and then disappear and never hear of them again yeah neither of them seem to have any kind of interesting features no um so well, do you think that do you think that we will see them again are they gonna i, mean, I don't think, i'm not bothered that one of them care. one of them could die both of them could don't die care. and then the story takes a, a darker a darker turn but you're not bothered. No, I, I really don't care about this storyline at all. Um, I'm wondering I, whether they're going to come back and raid the Rovers or something just as Johnny and Jenny return from France. I, I just found this boring and frustrating to watch, again, Carla just being dragged through the mud, just crapped on and acting like she's got no agency or gumption. She, she I understand that she has been through a terrible thing and... and and stuff like this changes people and, and so on. But I just don't see the point of putting it in a soap where you use one of the, your strongest characters to prove a point about something that people know anyway. And it, and it just has ruined a really good character. Mm. With, the, um, with Jordan's blackmail, I was thinking after Monday and Wednesday's episode, he's, 
Peter isn't. How might Peter react? And I think he probably wouldn't take it too badly. I, I'm. Re- I was pleased to see oh, that. When he Peter, found out, though. yeah, I was pleased to see that Peter's reaction was immediately well, to hug her I and thought. take her size and everything. And I was saying, well, what's the point? He's he's not holding anything against it. But it was when Carla said, "But I don't want everybody else to find out." I thought. Yeah, I I understand that actually, especially I mean she said yeah. what what would Tracy say, and I didn't even consider that he might announce it to all and sundry. I thought it would just be telling Peter, but I suppose the public shaming. Well, she did it herself that, in the end. She she did, but that that makes more sense back. that she didn't she didn't like that that um, she wouldn't have liked the idea of that. The two the the two good thing well three good things came out of the storyline. The first one was when um, Roy was protecting her, and she says to, to Peter, "Go go on." Um, I've still got Roy, and uh, Roy says always. That was nice when he was going to look after yes. her. The other thing was just Carla just taking back control and going ding ding ding. Listen, these guys scallywags are trying to kidnap uh, kidnap me, blackmail me. But mm. I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly what they they're they're saying so that you you can find out so yeah. they can't blackmail me. And the other thing was. Oh, is Peter a criminal or not? I I thought that I I enjoyed seeing Peter but defending Carla as well because is, they do have they I've always said yeah, that they've, they've got, got brilliant chemistry, good. Chem- I totally believe them and buy them as a couple. But, but he's he's a really my, decent guy. My problem is now the thing I don't the trouble with Peter and Carla and the situation they're in now is I I just think to myself what have they got to lose? They're really on the bottom rung of, of just surviving through life now. They've gone from sort of being respectable... Well, for Carla's, from Carla's perspective. I mean, Peter was like a married man with a kid in the house and every, and a business. What's he got left? Nothing. He's a taxi driver. What has Carla got left? She butters buns in Roy's rolls and now she pulls pints and babysits the Rovers for Jenny and Johnny. She doesn't even have a house. Neither but of them have anywhere to live. That's still better than where she had been before, no, though. No, I think she's thinking, my... I'm crawling my way up from yeah, last year and this point. is just going to knock me right back down but again. But, like, if so, if Peter... The thing is, if Peter... What's the outcome, the bad outcome of this? Peter gets found out and the police take him in and he goes to prison for beating up these two people. So what? He's not going to lose Carla over it because he did it to protect her. He won't be in for very long. He'll come out, and he, he what's going to happen? They'll go. Oh, we can't employ you at streetcars. Well, if you're going to get rid of people that have got criminal record, nobody can drive for him anymore. <laughs> just it just seems as though consequences have been eroded for pretty much anything that anyone can do on the street now. The only thing that really can get you into trouble is murdering somebody. Yeah, and even that you can sometimes get away with. Exactly. <laughs> Just, do you not see what I am saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter and Carla already have been kicked to the curb, and then you get these two people turning up. What? What so I did what? like about it, and you said you didn't like the round of applause, did you? Oh, but I, I did. I did like how the community are rallying around Carla and how they they're supporting her and and not looking down at. To be fair, they've all got enough skeletons in their closet of their own, didn't they? I mean, somebody. I mean. Other other characters have done a lot worse than sleep with a guy in the squad. It would have been a bit more realistic if there had been one person in the whole place that went, ooh. Should have been Evelyn, because she was right there. It would have been, it just would have been funny and realistic Mm. if somebody had given somebody else a little sideways look and gone, huh, I guess I'm going to hear that. But instead we got a round of applause for a woman saying, hello, I'm being blackmailed and I prostituted myself for a house. And everyone goes, ooh. Well done, well done. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that um, this Jordan was the only person that she um, 
went to sleep. One with. can only speculate. Mm. I think they should have had Billy there going, yeah, we've all done it, but well, darling. You know, you remember me when I was on, I was going through <laughs> was a bad patch. Yeah, two was. years ago. No, I thought I thought that it I was... sold I sold the uh, I sold the church to some Russians and they still haven't found out. <laughs> I thought that the story turned a corner. Today's episode, I'm now a lot more interested in finding out what's going to happen next week with us. Whereas after Wednesday's episode, I was like, "This is doing nothing for me." Yeah, Literally, no. I was I couldn't be less Don't gripped care. by the story on Wednesday. Oh no, blackmail! Now I'm it's piquing my interest a little bit enough for me to make it, it did... a lead story in the podcast anyway. <laughs> It did. It did prove like it, it was nice that that we we were slightly misled by Carla's reaction for most of the week into thinking, "Oh God, here we go." It's going to be one of these gonna stories. Give you money, and then you're going to go away and come back next week and go. Uh, and she even said that in the show, like, "What's to stop them from coming back?" And when she turned it around and sort of stood up for herself, that was a really good moment. Yeah, yeah. Good but, on you, girl. But I still wish that she wasn't just so shattered. And I understand, like I said, I understand. She is a broken woman, but mm. where's the entertainment value? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of broken women. <laughs> Speaking of entertainment value. Yasmin. Um, so, on Monday, um, Sally... So, is Jeff moving away or just out of her house? He's just moving back next door, isn't he? She tells everybody that um, Jeff's moving out because he's staying with her, them at the moment and that she's had this discussion with Tim and Tim's told Jeff to go home, basically. Yeah, we saw that on last Friday yeah. episode. We saw him go home so and she tell, just tells everybody this is what's happening. And she also adds that um, he is not as innocent as he seems. So she's now become very emboldened with this concept that he's to blame for what's happened to him. Yeah, she's got that um, little niggle that she just can't ignore. Um, and also... Um, we get poor Izzy now. I feel like the character of Izzy has just been crapped on by the writers for years now, and this was just another example. And like, what? when the me. whole street turns against Jeff, everybody's giving him dirty looks and everything. Nobody wants to talk to him. His one supporter is Izzy. Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> now you know, you guys know, I'm not particularly fond of Izzy, but I do feel like this was just a really bitchy way to write the, write the character. Because she's like, oh, it is so great. Why are you being so mean? And um, Sally has to snap at her. Now, oh yeah, so... Is that that later on when he comes in? That, that's later on when yeah, he comes in. Yeah, so she's just being... She's just like, oh, poor Jeff, I can't imagine. And Sally's like, shut up, Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tim goes to see Jeff at home and... He says nobody wants to represent him in court. I don't know how that's Oh, I wrote, I wrote that in the note. He's, uh, I, can't, I don't know. He's just like, nobody's on my side. Um, we haven't got very much nobody money. Nobody wants to stand up for me. Um, and he, he says, oh, I wish I had money, but you've taken it to get married. No, no, no. You have the money. It's fine. I'm just mentioning it, Tim. I'm just mentioning... Kind of, I don't know it's how many, like that. I don't know why you need sugared almonds, but okay. Yeah. Um, the bit about not representing the court yet, that is wrong. I don't know what you said. Also, I have to mention at this point, we did make a mistake last week, didn't we? we what did we was, do? We said that Leanne's gone back to work, but it was actually Nick gone back to work. Sorry, yeah, we got told off. fan club that... We wasn't, it's just, she was just gently, gently telling us we maybe misheard it last week. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so if anyone, if anyone can tell us what Jeff was saying here. Um, are we also going to mention the stuff about what's going on with the court case? What? What we got? To, we, we said, oh, if only somebody could tell us what's going on. Oh, with... we got that in the feedback okay. section later. We got. Okay, right. So, um, <laughs> Tim says, "Look, I'm still loyal to you, Jeff." Yeah. 
dad. I call you Jeff. <laughs> um, Sally goes down the pub and, and Jeff and Tim come in and she's like, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm going. I, I've got to act on my conscience. It's really, this is really awful, really, isn't it? Mm. You can't even stay in the same room as your, as your father-in-law. Mm. And Jeff says, I can't come between the two of you. This is awful. It's pulling the two of you apart. I'm leaving. He, he's doing a really good job of acting the victim and manipulating people into thinking that he is being reasonable. Just manipulating him. No, he's oh, and not. Faye and as well, Faye yeah. and Izzy. Yeah. And he's making a really good show of acting like he's not. He doesn't mind. He understands how everyone feels, and he just wants everyone to be happy. Yeah. So if you didn't really understand the situation, you'd be like, I don't believe that it could be just. You know, he's so reasonable. He's being really nice and giving everyone space. He's he's trying to make people see that, but. Not many I think people it's are buying. On some I, people. Only a few. Well, it, it it only needs to work on a few people. It, it only really needs to work on the jury. Mm. Jeff comes into the factory to tell Sally there are no hard feelings and that, oh you must sympathise with Yaz after you were in jail yourself. But you know I've always stuck up for you. And he says something about um, well he says like. I'm just worried about poor Tim and we both love him so much. This dress is tearing him apart. I just hope he doesn't die of a heart attack because you're being a bitch to me, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and he also, um, this is when Izzy kind of fawns over him a little bit when he yeah. comes into the factory. It's like, oh man, Izzy, why are you so useless <laughs> on Wednesday? And Izzy, when she gets, you know, when she gets a, a clause into something, she can be quite opinionated, she can't is, she? Well, yeah, we hate, I hate opinionated people. Um, <laughs> she also spends a lot of her time clutching her hand to her throat in, in shock and horror, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, about hearing how Sally is maligning her poor dear uh, beleaguered father-in-law who's been stabbed in the neck. I like the bit um, when uh, she was talking about uh, Jeff coming home and, um, uh, and she said something along the lines of, oh, well, I could never go back to the scene of the crime. And I was like, how do you go home every day, Izzy? Because you run over a poor policeman's foot that <laughs> yeah. time, remember? And you, yeah, and you were taking drugs. You were taking drugs, yeah. Naughty, so. naughty, naughty. Mm. Um, so, on Wednesday, Sally tells Tim, I don't want to fall out with you about this. I'm going to be... And, and so Tim's like thinking, oh, good, she's going to be on my side. We're going to win her around. But then, bloody Faye comes along and puts a, sticks her oar in because she finds out that Sally is being mean to Jeff. Um... And also in the in the in the cafe, Roy is being very brusque with him, and so so Faye's starting to feel a bit like everyone's attacking her granddad, and she goes on protection mode, doesn't she? Yes. Um, Jeff finds Jeff tells Faye that basically Sally's kicked him out of the house, and she's like, "I oh, don't worry, granddad, I'll stick up for you." And she, when she goes outside, she sees Sally out in the street. And she has a go at her, and they all get ushered inside to sort of continue the argument. We, on Friday, see that Imran is still working on the case and tells Alia, just to remind you, shut up and leave Jeff alone. Because <laughs> um, he says he's calling out, he's, he's sent off for his witnesses, or he's, I don't know what the phrase was that he used, but um, he's finding who's going to be testifying against Jeff. Well, no, for Yasmin in court now. Yeah. So really, she just she needs, needs to... She needs to be quiet now. Yeah. Um, so he, she goes, you should ask Sally because she probably could help you out here. I think she's changing her mind about Jeff and um, she, she could be an ally. Then we find out that Faye's decided to move in with Jeff to look after him and protect him. Well, and that Tim's could be a storyline title, couldn't that? Hang on a minute, let me just... 
just written, writing a little hyphen between the S and the A in Sally. And Sal- now you have... Sal- Ally. <laughs> um, Carry on. Sally and Abby go to the Rovers together, and this is when uh, Abby later kicks the scallywags out. Um, Tim's still mad, and... Um, oh, yeah, Imran sees them having this a little fallout, doesn't they, Tim and, and, uh, she, and, she, Tim and he's Sally? And thought, he's thoughtful thinking, hmm, maybe Sally would be a useful witness. Yeah. Here. So do you think do you think that Sally is going to testify against? I don't. Jeff? Again, I don't know how on earth she can because what evidence does she has? I said this last week. All the evidence she has is that up until she got told that Jeff was a monster, mm. she thought he wasn't a monster, and now she does. And and yeah. really, she's got no evidence. She doesn't. She didn't see anything at the time. She had no inclination. Nobody told her. She didn't witness anything. All that has happened is she heard somebody say something and she went, yeah, that sounds well, like I mean, it could be true. She saw um, Jeff burning Yasmin's, was it? Oh, no, it was the clothes in her bag that one time, didn't it? She was, yeah. And, and Yasmin looking sad about it. I don't think she saw Yasmin trapped in the orangery, did she? There's... You're right, she's, there's really there's nothing very little, that she's seen it's that's very of any use in a, in a court case. And if Imran really did put her on the witness stand and, and, some, and somebody, and she, she was cross-examined, surely... All she can say is, yeah, in the last few weeks since that's happened, I've started to what suspect that's not helpful. What did you actually witness at the time that, you, that caused you concern? Nothing. Mm. At the time, when you saw him burning clothes, what did he say he was doing? And did you did you think that there was anything wrong? No, not really. Just thought it was a bit weird. He was burning clothes. Mm. Nobody's really got very much there, have they? I mean, and also, Eileen was that Eileen saw him locking Yasmin in the in the front of the house. There's... Also, just to point out, if you saw somebody burning someone else's clothes and them looking sad about it, that's just as much evidence that that Yasmin was building up resentment against him, which eventually led to her stabbing him in the neck. Mm. As it is, and as it is proving that he was um controlling her you know yeah even it, even it though there's it weak. doesn't seem that she can be very helpful i'm still enjoying this angle to the story I, I also wouldn't put it past coronation street to have her on the stand and say stuff and it be treated like it's gospel and um bulletproof Maybe. evidence i really honestly think that um expecting this to be incredibly realistic is is a bit Setting yourself up for failure. I, 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 hope, I, I hope it's fairly realistic because they have done very well with this story so far. It would be good. I guess it would be good if Sally went on the, on the stand and she thought that she had something great and then the... the you know, who, who would it be? Defence? I don't know. Prosecution? Basically says... No, it would be the prosecution, wouldn't it? Because they're trying to get Yasmin in trouble. Yeah. And they would go, well, that's a load of rubbish. You haven't seen anything. You're just talking nonsense that you heard after he after the attack, so get out. And then everyone would be like, oh, no, looks like Yasmin's going down. But then, you know, Eileen goes on the stand and goes, what about the time that he locked her in a box? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I've, I think that the Faye angle is interesting this week as well. Although, oh, yeah, that's a good Although point, we yeah. haven't seen a whole lot of Faye and Jeff over his, what, two years in the show, um, I like... She definitely loves them. She does, she does. We, I think we just have to forget about the fact that we've not seen any of this relationship build up. And you then just, just have to imagine how you feel about your past, over the past, Over the past, what, five years that she's known he's him. Nice. She has, yeah, he's, he's given her plenty of Werther's Originals and has plied her over to his side. Um, I, I, I'm wondering whether she, because it wouldn't, it, it certainly 
within Faye's character to, you know, lie about Sally or plant some evidence against her or or something. She's very manipulative. Yeah. And and she's also another one of these ones who goes on moral crusades and feels as though there are no limits to what you can do to somebody if they're in the wrong. Yeah, and she definitely believes that Sally is. She's The fact that the, the very next day, she, or the, later on that episode, actually wasn't that she's decided to move out is, means that she has well and truly put a flag in Jeff's camp and she's not going to... I would actually absolutely love to see Faye turned into an evil minion by Jeff. Mm. I think that would be a really compelling use of her character and totally within character too, of both of them. Well, I'm, I'm just glad that her character has a use at last after yeah, doing diddly nothing. squats since she squeezed out that baby a few years ago. Well, since she supposedly went to go live with Anna and then just came crawling back out of nowhere. Mm. Did, um... I forgot what I was going to say. Did, do you think... I was wondering how... how I mean, we know that Jeff is a monster and everything, but does this make you look... Does this make him look even worse that he's manipulating his teenage granddaughter? Well, he hasn't actually or is that really you know, done anything apart from just say what is actually happening? He's he's he knows what he's doing. He's I know, but he's, he's right things. though. He's right. But the the only thing he hasn't said is, oh yeah, your mum's kicked me out of the house because I because I was horrible to your. Mm. It's just it's just awful how he he doesn't care about lying or or, or you know. Well, he just needs. Manipula- but I suppose he... he's got. He's been doing it with Tim. So if he's if he's not been honest to Tim, then it's he no doesn't surprise. care. Mm. He only cares about himself. Yeah, getting um, out of this. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I really hope we get to see something of Faye and Jeff together in the house because I cannot imagine for one minute that Jeff wants to live with a teenage girl. Mm. I don't think he'd mind if he thinks that he can use it to his own benefit. Well, as long as he can do that. Well, yeah, I think and he can. will she find something on the computer? Well, maybe, maybe, because we're st- we were still wondering a few weeks ago how much deleted are these video clips? Like... And if any, if any, if Coronation Street wants you to believe anything, it's that small children are very good with computers, mm. and if old he, people don't know what to do with them. If he hadn't thrown a, had true. that camera th- um, uh, thrown away, if he hadn't thrown away the camera, then I would have thought that she's definitely going to find it. But yeah. It, I mean, I'd like to see this. Um, him end up with egg on his face. He's trying to manipulate Faye, but then actually she finds something that swings her back. I think over we're all waiting Yasmin, for so. a moment where somebody finds some kind of incontrovertible evidence mm. that proves that he is he has done something evil, and we don't know who that who that person will be and what the evidence is because there's plenty to find. There's still the possibly. I don't know. Is there plenty to find? Possibly the files on his computer, and also the the video he took on his phone. Yeah, yeah. There, you're right. There is still that. Thank you. So we will see because I think this is going to be next week, isn't it? Because she was given a week's recess. Is that the word? Um, and that was at least a week and a half ago now. And I know. So so in you know, old terms of what a week would have been that should be running out next week so hopefully this time next week in the podcast will things will have moved forward quite nicely also i don't know why imran's doing all this 
wandering around doing all this hard work. Bloody Paula should stick her neck out and get on with doing this. What's the point of her? She's, she appeared in that one scene and she hasn't been back since. No. You think she would have at least had a meeting in the Rovers with, with Imran and, and Alia or something. Yeah, exchange glances with Tracy to, as she came in. To Alia. No. Give her a wink and a mm. little little nod. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? Right, Dan in the dumps. What's Dan up to at the moment? Daniel, he's... Um, oh, yeah, we last saw him um, regaling Ken with tales of uh, avocado on he's Friday. He's a dozen avocados. Ken's, Ken's woken up by the beginning of Monday's episode to uh, invite Daniel to a VE Day committee meeting <laughs> or Rover's Quiz Night. And Daniel's like, VJ Neither Day. of which are really no, no, um, floating Daniel's Day. boat. Do you want to know something really sad? What? In the world of Coronation Street, Vera Lynn is still alive. Oh, yes, poor Vera Lynn. Mm. I don't Vera. She had good innings. Um, I'm, I, I don't know when... I've lost track again where the dates is, but I, I'm kind of guessing that maybe next week maybe be day in Coronation Street. I feel this is really frustrating. I kind of like them upsetting. to do something, but then if they do, it'll just feel... Stupid. Yeah. It's so frustrating and upsetting. Like, the one time... Well, the very rare time that they actually bother to do something topical yeah, or... That isn't gets, Christmas it, or Easter. And it bites them in the bum. I know. That, that's, that's They're never going to do it again now. Mm. Um, anyway, Ken uh, is getting concerned about Daniel and thinks he's cutting himself off from the rest of the world. So him, he... You wait till <laughs> lockdown, Ken. Oh, I know. So Adam um, ends up saying, well, look, you can come out with me tonight, Daniel. But then he stands him up over the phone. Yeah, Adam's like, sorry, sorry, Sarah's not doing what she was going to do now, so I'm going to spend time with her, so you're dumped. Yeah, so poor Daniel had to spend the night talking to a photo of Sinead. I'm surprised I didn't see him in the videos again, to be fair. They've probably run out of contract on that. (laughs) Um, Wednesday, um, Adam tells Ken about what's going on with, about the fact that he couldn't go out with Daniel, and they are worried that he's becoming somewhat of a recluse. So Tracy says, look, we need to force Daniel out of his comfort zone. He doesn't want to go out, you just need to grab him and take him out and get him back into the real world because this isn't what healthy for him. What on earth would happen to you if I died? Because they're saying, oh yeah, let's get let's get Daniel out, get him out doing fun things that he enjoys. You don't like going out. What, what would da- you do? Well, uh, Daniel didn't want to really do it either, did he? Yeah, I just ended up going to a bar person. talking to an escort unwittingly. Daniel's a normal person who presumably enjoys going out drinking and spending time with friends. Before his wife died. I don't know what I'd do. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we'll have to just make sure. Daniel and Adam end up going out. There, there was a funny scene where he, had, he turns up that he wasn't dressed properly for this lawyer's do that Adam's taken him out to. But he gets changed and they um, arrive. I think you'll find it's a lawyer and hookers party. <laughs> um, <laughs> they arrive at the do, which is at Ray's Hotel. And I don't, I don't know that they reference the fact that it is raised, but it definitely was because we recognised it. But never mind. I don't know if they're hoping that you've that it's sort of slightly. Bland it's been long and enough so that we've forgotten that that's the, that's where it is. Anyway, Daniel's um very on edge, and he meets a colleague of Adam, who, who he ends up punching in the boob accidentally. That was so weird. Yeah, I... he goes to shake her hand and just punches her right in the chest. <laughs> that's nothing to do with grief or awkwardness. No. That's like. You need to go to the doctor. <laughs> so he goes off to the bar and uh, where this chatty girl comes up to him called Nikki. And she sees that he's been looking at a picture of Bertie on the phone and starts. And then she puts her foot in, in, in her mouth by asking about where, where the mum's at home babysitting. I think I have to so say. So he's like, oh, don't get me started on this. I have to say, if she's supposed to be a professional, because um, we find out later, spoiler alert, that she is a, an escort. Um, 
it would seem to me that you would have limited success picking up men who are looking at pictures of their children at bars. Yeah, you think that'd be like a, nah. Maybe they're the ones that are the most desperate for a bit of rumpy-pumpy on the side. Yeah, maybe. Since since this dead Bertie's been born. Oh, yeah, exactly. I I do wonder, because that would put me... Honestly, if I was looking for a date... And I saw an eligible bachelor, and then I saw him looking at a kid, I'd be like, whoa, bye-bye. Yeah, whereas if he was flicking through Tinder or whatever on his phone. I'd be like, oh, I wonder if you do a local match. <laughs> um, anyway, they just end up having a nice evening together, having their porn star martinis on Friday. Um, and she invites him um, to her room. Well, is she... For something else. Um, I can't remember exactly how she brings it up, but I found it very interesting what about how about how she sort of breaks it to him i can't remember the exact wording but it's something about look let me just get this let's get the um out in the open now yeah this is my fee um what did she say it's 150 pounds an hour was it or per night i don't know but um he's quite um surprised i was i wasn't expecting this no i wasn't expecting looking back on it 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 seems like yeah it it was written all over her face no I want to know who the hell organised this Huggers and Lawyers party and whether oh, they knew why, that she was... because it was a raised hotel, wasn't it? It's well, she sleazy. was there. She was just kind of like slinking around the bar and... Um, what was it? What habit? Um, oh, yeah, she said, S- oh, who, what, what, what do you work as? And she, are you a lawyer? And she's like, oh, something like that or something. If, if I was a, an escort, then I'd maybe go... If if I heard that there was going to be a conference full of rich lawyers, I'd be well, like, oh, they might pay me extra. This is a trouble because Adam told her that he was, like, one of the rising stars of the of the um, Manchester legal world or something, didn't he? He introduced, her, he introduced at, um, Daniel to her as some kind of high-flying... No, it wasn't her, was it? It was the other one. Was it? I thought it was her. What did he introduce himself as, then? I don't remember. I think I she know. should get. I think she should have a go at him for false advertising. He's wasted her time yanking her chain all night long. She could have been going off with Adam. <laughs> Adam's Adam's ripe for an affair. You can tell by the way he's lusting after that Laura girl and and perving over little children hanging around outside. <laughs> well, it turns out that Daniel's going to be yanking his own chain this evening because <laughs> as soon as he finds out what Nikki's really um like, he he does give her a bit of money, doesn't he? Just that for her weird. time. And then he kind of blusters out, realising that he's made a terrible mistake. He was doing the male equivalent of the Cinderella shoe, leaving his Cinderella shoes behind. Instead of leaving his shoe, he left a wadge of cash. Mm. And you just know that next week, this girl is going to turn up on the street with the you money. Think? You reckon we're going to be seeing her again? She's going to try and give the money back to him and go, listen, you need it more than I do. You need to spend it on Bertie. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Do you think and that then... we're going to see her and we're going, she's going to come back and she, it's going to turn out that actually, yes, she really is interested in him? Well, yeah. She, this is, otherwise, what's the point of this, of this story? I'm, I'm not sure at the moment. Apart from maybe <laughs> yes. she is involved in the same escort agency that Jeff is, uh, was seeing. And I'm wondering whether there's going to be any kind of link there and she's going to know Jeff or she's going to know Rachel, is it, that knows Jeff. And... Yeah, but he's already explained that. He's already got his alibi for that. What did he say? He said, oh, Yasmin was so mean and she made me feel crap, so I went off with an escort. Yeah, but, but yeah, I just wonder There's whether no that way that's going to... Well, I understand what you're saying. It, it kind of, yeah, you're blinking it because of the escort thing. I just, of what benefit would it be when we've already put that bit to bed? 
It all depends whether just be Jeff repeating revealed it, anything to Rachel. I I don't know. Maybe you're right. Or I, she's going to turn up and go. Oh, what, Jeff? Yeah, my friend Rachel told me about you. Are you the one that co- is coercively controlling your wife? Yeah, that would be very handy. Oops, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it doesn't need to turn into a story. It could just be a, remember Daniel? He's not been in it much, really, has he? Let's give him a couple of scenes this but week. why did he and give her money? That... It doesn't make any sense why he actually gave her money, unless she's going to rock I think he's just an honourable... Slash uh, embarrassed guy. I don't think it's. I don't think it's an honourable thing to give a prostitute money when she says that she wants to sleep with you, and you didn't realise she was a prostitute. It's I, like walking into a, a cafe and someone shoves a sandwich in your mouth and tries to make you pay for it. I no. think you'd be within your rights to say, "I didn't actually ask for this. I'm going. <laughs> Thank you very much, though." You won't be able to sell that again. It's got spit on it. No, I think that Daniel's a decent enough guy and he could, he, he, he just wants to get away. And it, uh, I think... Uh, okay, can I just say for the sake of our marital finances, that if you ever find yourself in a bar being chatted up by a lovely lady and then she says, "You're sorry, I'm a prostitute, you owe me £150, can you just not give her any but money? I think that Daniel would take some of the blame for it. He's thinking, oh, it's my fault. I look desperate. I, you know, I invited you over. Because he, he's so down on himself at the moment. He's well, going to think, oh, this is all my fault. I, I gave the impression that I was... Well, I don't think we were very clear because, like, on on, on the Friday's episode, they're getting on really well. And then he she says, oh, shall we go somewhere else? And he kind of, like, looks a bit, oh, undecided. But then he says, yes, I would like to. So is this just a, a story where we see that... Daniel is determined to move on with his life again with another blonde again yeah, after his I... wife's death. Um, because honestly, I didn't think he had any problem moving on. We've already seen him shacking up with another bird. <laughs> and she's not even been cold in the ground for a year. I d- I'm, I'm not interested in Daniel having any other relationship with no. any other woman at the no. moment. I want I him say, to find a friend. Maybe yeah. he can make up with Chesney or something. Or I, I reckon yes. they should just cut his todger off. <laughs> he's not using it responsibly. I, I think it's perfectly natural what he's going through and the fact that he's, you know, locking himself away and, and, and not wanting to interact with it. That, that all makes sense and it's, and, and it's in character, but I, I'm not interested in the slightest in him having another relationship now. We've already no, it's seen, boring. You know, so we've already seen it with Bethany. He doesn't need to have somebody all of the time. I'd be quite interested to see the whole single father thing. I mean, Ken, as soon as Val electrocuted herself with a hairdryer, <laughs> Ken didn't sort of, you know go out on the pool did he no that was back in the old days when men were respectable he gave it a couple of years before janet came around we just just don't need it um but he does just seem desperate to to fill the hole yeah and it just feels a bit disrespectful he's, he's not he's not ready to move on and like you said she she was another sinead a bethany alike wasn't she he's gonna start thinking that she's sinead again mm. i mean it seems to me. Know. I just wonder, and and the other thing about this, and um, I pity any woman that gets with him at the moment yeah, because he's he's going to he's going to be going um, Nikki. Nikki. He's going to be going on about her all the time. The the other thing that makes me think that we want Nikki see... maybe maybe um, she could go for a um, maybe she's a sort of prostitute who likes a Nikki Menage a Trois. There's a no. pun. Carry on. <sighs> I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, the other thing that I think... The other reason why I think we might see Nikki again, apart from the fact that he gave her a bundle of cash and I think she is also a nice person and she'd want to give it back... She seemed nice enough. Um, ...is that he never actually told her where what happened to Bertie's mum. 
No. And that's going to be a poignant thing that is probably going to bond them a bit more and she'll be upset. And I think it was, I think it was very significant that he didn't actually say where Bertie's mum was. And I was expecting to see that scene mm. today where, he, where she said something about, about it and he had to explain that she was dead. Um, the th- problem right, with there this is, could is be unfinished business. that Nikki's obviously a professional escort and this is her job. And so I don't imagine Daniel being very happy about dating a professional escort who presumably, I presume that she was offering to have sex with him. So she's going to be sleeping with other guys. This is not a relationship that is particularly healthy for Daniel to be getting into and not one that I can see him spending a lot of time in. So it seems doomed to me. And, um, you know, Nikki's making cash however she wants to and... What else, what is she so so the only thing I can think of is Nikki decides to not be an escort anymore because Daniel's so such a wonderful catch she wants to date him. So presumably within a month's time we'll see her buttering balm cakes and Roy's rolls like every other person on the street who starts off doing something interesting as a career and then just winds up working in a She's gonna be fighting off Chelsea for that position, I think, if I <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah. You reckon Chelsea's going to work in Roy's roles? I don't know. <laughs> she seems the type. They might as well. They let just Shana do well. work there. Then let anybody, wouldn't they? Mm. Um, okay, well, I, I liked the twist at the end of it, but I'm in no way interested in Daniel having another relationship, so I hope it's not going there. Yet I fear it may be. Well, it seems a but bit But good to weird... see him have another story again, because I do like Daniel, but he needs to get out of this funk just the same as Carla does, to be honest. Yeah. Um, what else did we have this week? Shona, speaking of her. So we find out on Wednesday that um, Shona's been support- signed a support worker, which means that if everything goes to plan, she can be moving back onto the street pretty soon. So David goes and tells Audrey about it. They're both chuffed to hear this news. Um, and he's convinced that as soon as she's back on the street and integrated in the day-to-day life of um, the residents, that she's gonna, it's all going to come flooding back to her and everything's going to be just peachy. Um Roy has been able to see Shona on Wednesday and she is apparently very eager to be discharged tomorrow, but he's told that she may never fully regain her memories. She will never walk again. I mean, it, remember again. It's one of those, isn't it? Yeah. This time next week, she'll be... she'll be Shouting at Lily and Max to get their stuff on for school. She'll be rivalling Julia Goulding with her knowledge of the... Uh, oh, yeah. Corrie trivia. <laughs> um... He recommends that David give Shona a bit of time to be to readjust. And he says, look, you just got to be patient with her. But David can't be because he's so keen to just have everything back to normal. Um, he can't stop, you know, prying, can he? And he's, he's on Friday giving, uh, giving Roy a load of supplies, a load of snacks that Shona likes. Um, I like the bit at the end of that scene where David says to Roy, oh, you're not a hugger, are you? Because you can tell that David... Was that kind of insinuating that David kind of wanted to hug? That's what I got. But he knows that, that that Roy isn't like that. He, uh, David's just really excited and and happy that Shona's coming back, and he's convinced that everything's going to be all right soon. He's just a bit um, being a bit naive about it, really, isn't he? Um, so anyway, that was quite nice. He tells Max about it before the end of the day. Max is being um, surprisingly pleasant about the whole affair, considering what about how vile him? he was being towards Shona around Christmas time. What happened with him going off with Mar- 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 Miriam, Marion, Marion, and and hating them and wanting to live with her? Oh, I think he just realised that all... the drama that we thought we I think, were going to see. Oh, I think he thought that he was partly responsible for Shona getting shot in a box or something like that. I know, 
but he's matured. This Marion woman should be right there going, well, she's gone crazy and this guy's stupid. I want to take <laughs> my kid back. Or maybe she just She's kept, a fair weather I'll grandmother. I'll tell you what happened. She spent too much time around Max and she's like, oh God, take this kid away from me. <laughs> I also liked at the end of the episode where um, Sarah gives David a kiss on the cheek. I like that. And he's like, you well. weirdo. Oh, I love that. <laughs> David and Sarah, brilliant. Because there was that scene. Such the, um, there was a scene at the beginning. charisma on I mean chemistry. Chemistry. There was a scene at the beginning, wasn't there, where uh, Sarah was making their um, dinosaur chicken, nuggets. yeah, whatever, for, for tea. And, uh, they, they just work really, really well, those They just two. look so comfortable. I know, I know everybody works really well. and They have been working together for 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Lots of scenes together, lots of stories together, but they, they bounce off each other Jack, just brilliantly, also, those I think two, Jack, Jack and Shepherd Tina. manages to, to make David seem comfortable around almost every other character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't think of many people that I'd say they... They don't work with David. Or with me, great. Um, that, that was it for that story. It's just kind of leading into Shona's big return next week. Any thoughts on what's going to go down there? Is I David going to come on too heavy? or? Yeah, there's probably going to be a scene where he, he accosts her in the street and she goes, oh, and clutches her purse. And then he says, oh, I can't believe you don't remember me. And she says, oh, sorry, I just don't, I, I don't know what you want from me and runs away. And then she goes home and sits on the bed and closes her eyes and hears the sound of his voice echoing in her brain. At the moment, would you prefer for her to get her memories back quickly just so it's kind of everything's back to normal and, and over and done with quickly? Or would you rather it went down the maybe more realistic route? And Well, I've said before, I think it would be sweet if she actually just falls in love with him again mm. and never regains her memory. But that's a bit, it's kind of unsatisfying and a good ending for a book maybe, but not for a soap. Mm. Um I kind of just want things to go back to normal. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think we've had enough of it this now. It's been going on since Christmas. Mm. Um, I did like how David brought up the fact that it's a bit silly that Sarah and Braveheart are still living there at number eight. See, another racist comment because he had Haggis written on his forehead. Oh, yeah. In my quiz, and now he's being called Braveheart. <laughs> he has got other qualities as well, it? not just being We're Scottish. watching 70s Coronation Street and... Um, who was it? The guy was with San and Hilda. Eddie. Eddie called Scotland Porridge Land. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Why do Scottish people hate the English so much? It is utterly ridiculous that this newly married couple, who have maybe not even had a scene together since they've been married, are still living under the same roof as the her brother and her mum. What is the point of it? Because Adam is a is a professional man. I and know, both he's a he lawyer. and Imran drive amazing cars. Maybe they should stop spending money on cars and suits and start spending it on where they live. Yeah, so he's in he there. Imran's up, living with... He's up with, um, with Toya and um, Craig. Craig and Ryan and Alia. <laughs> what are you guys all doing? It's like they've all gone into lockdown and their offices not told still look like a, a dive, don't you know, they? You know how like everybody, like some people found themselves living with people that they wouldn't normally or going back home to live with their families. Mm. Like my friend, her aunt was staying with them when we went into lockdown and she's been living in their house for three months. And, yeah. she, and she doesn't, she like was like, I'm going to stay the weekend. That's what it feels like on Coronation Street. All these people kind of locked in with each other. Yeah. Well, maybe the fact that David's brought it up means that they will be moving out at some point soon. The reason is they don't want to make any more sets. I know. This, it's, yeah. It's understandable. There's it's only got a certain number of, only, of, of sets. Certain amount of space. There's just too many characters, isn't there? What they need to do is put a bunch of people into cookie-cutter flats and put them all in Victoria Court. 
And because um, the thing about all these places is they have the same layout and the same, like when they're installed, they all have the same interior, like kitchen and everything, don't they? Yeah. These places. And they just like put a different backsplash in and a different picture on the wall and pretend it's a different flat. Mm. I don't know if that would look too weird though. I think the other problem with, with Adam and Sarah living there is it feels like the viewers are having to be reminded where they live. Uh, and I, yeah. like, cause somebody asked on Twitter this week, where, where are Adam and Sarah living at the moment? And also, oh, it's the same with their jobs we were talking about earlier. When Peter was talking about, oh, I've got to do some extra work at streetcars, we were like... No, he didn't. He said, I've got to go do some work over the road. And I was going, where does he work over yeah. the road? There should be, at no point in a well-done soap opera, should regular viewers be asking, where does so-and-so live or where does so-and-so work? Yep. That will only happen if a character is severely neglected yeah. or if there's just the too much... The cast is too big. Too, yeah. Which is what the problem because is. Because if, if, if I was to look at a list of characters now and, and you would say, where do they live, where do they work? I do wonder whether I would... How many of them not I'd be able to do. Not all of them would be able to answer. No, and, and, and that's bad. Though, and it's, it's not, not as though they've never mentioned should... it. It's that they mentioned it once, like months ago, and, and it never came up again. Yeah. And even, I would also add another point to your living and working, and that is dating. Because sometimes I can't remember who is supposed to be dating whom. Mm. And you would be forgiven to, to, if you had forgotten that Adam and Sarah were supposed to be married. Yeah, totally. They, they, they put they people together or they give people jobs or they have people move in somewhere just for certain plot reasons. Yeah, and it's, that's the and trouble. It's, it's because it's plot driven and um, those, and it's not because those characters go, go or the yeah storylines finish and then the reason that they're there mm. remains because they haven't got a reason to move. Mm. Anyway, um, do you want to talk about the uh, the the Laura's the lawyers and the liars of Monday <laughs> night's episode? <laughs> Laura starts off with a fairly uncontroversial statement. To Adam going, "Ah, oh, Kelly's gone off the rails." <laughs> I think we've established that by the from the Netflix documentary. Not the singer, R. Kelly. No, Kelly, the girl. Our Kelly. <laughs> um, he's asking her, Adam, asking about Rick, and it turns out that he she's owed maintenance from him. Um. Yeah, Adam's just smoozing around law, isn't he? And he's just trying to find out anything he can about Rick. And he's he also he's he's trying to ask if he's got a chance with Laura. He's trying to make Laura think that he's interested in her. Yeah. Um, Kelly shows up, and Laura has to force her to go back to school. And then Adam gives her his business card, and then Gary's lurking and confronts Laura when she and Kelly turn up on the street and. and finds out that they have moved to Inkerman Street and he's very unimpressed. This was not part of his plan. His plan was, shut up and take my money, go, go away, away and I don't want to ever see you again. Mm. Now she's a lot more closer, close for comfort than he imagined. I'm not sure exactly where Inkerman Street's supposed to be in relation to the uh, other streets in the it's show, close but enough that just round the corner. That, that bus stop is her local bus stop for school. Mm. So within a block or two, can't yeah. be that far away. She's got to go to that bus stop. Yeah. Um. She. He's trying to say, oh, you shouldn't be living around here. It's a dive, etc. Um. I'm gonna ask Rick to give you start giving you the maintenance fees, but he's very difficult to track down. So now Gary is such an idiot. He's put himself on the hook not only for Oak Hill, 
which I presume that he wants Kelly to go back to, but it doesn't seem like Laura or Kelly have any intentions of that happening. But he's also now offering to pay bloody maintenance, child support for this kid that he doesn't even have any responsibility for on behalf of a man well, who tried to kill him. If so you kill somebody, the stone. if you kill somebody, sometimes you well, there's consequences. That, isn't it the thing even in, if you bury them in China? Where if you save someone's life, you're then responsible for them for the rest of their lives. Are you? I think so. And that's why a lot of people at the scene of crimes or accidents, they'll just run away. Oh. Well, that's why I heard it could be absolutely loaded rubbish. Mm. So there wasn't much going on here this week, was there? It was only Monday and it was just more people lurking, basically. Um, I was... I I can't believe that Gary's like, yeah, I'll go make sure that he gives you child support. He just would do anything that he can to get these two out of his life. I I don't know where he's getting this money from. He's still still got Rick's stash. Yeah, he's got Rick's stash, but it's a finite amount of money, isn't it? uh, Apparently not. And and he has still got this stupid furniture business that presumably just about manages to pay. Is Fizz still working there? Again, there we go. Maybe. The whole thing's falling apart in terms of logic. Yeah. And it's only going to be... Um, it's not going to be very long before it kind of all comes out. Yeah, and thinking... Speaking I can't, of... Can I just say, if it all comes out, what happened, because of child maintenance fees, I'm going to be absolutely furious. <laughs> because that's the most boring thing I can think of. I Speaking of logic, I think that... Gary's playing a very dangerous game here because eventually, if Rick's body gets um, dug up, people, the the police are going to be like, well, he's been dead for over a year now. However, yeah. Gary's been saying, yeah. I've been in touch with him. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's, he's really laying a trail. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's thought of that. And, and, and where, again, we've, we've always wondered this, where's the money coming from? Which, has he got an account? Has he set up a, a bank account? with a different name to to provide the money to Laura. I don't know. Because when you get bank transfer, it just say where it came from. I mean, if he's um if he's now got access to all of Rick's files and passwords and and what have you from the business, then he could well he be putting add... money into Rick's account and oh, then yeah, using I'd fraud, that. I'd fraud to that as well. Oh, he's desperate, isn't he? He's desperate. But yeah, he's, I, th- no, he's, I think he's. Stupid. I think he's going to slip up in the fact that he's been saying that he's been in contact with Rick. Although I mean, I suppose in a soap he could talk his way out of it. Characters have got a really good, uh, a really uh, great ability to talk their way out of any problem. So he could just say, "Oh, I said I've been in contact with Rick, but actually I've just been getting texts from him. Oh, I wonder who it could have been that sent them. I don't know, but I I hope it happens soon because as we've said, this story is dragging. Yeah, I'm just trying to work out how to work out child maintenance. Well, will you do that? I'm just going to say that the only other stuff that happened this week that I remember was the um, Arthur and Evelyn stuff. They're having a date. Arthur says it's Evelyn's turn to pay, so she just gets herself a glass of water and they have some jolly fun time um, testing each other on trivia in the booth. Um, And then uh, when Carla agrees to buy um, drinks for everybody in the Rovers after her, Shocking revelation about what went on between her and Jordan. Even um, takes that as her cue to say, it's my round again. Oh, no, wait. Carla can pay. Um, can, you still... don't really get very much from child maintenance. Well, it, it can't, They work it out according to like how much you earn, whether you've got other children, if you're paying for other children as well. If you're ch- if how much does a child... loan shark have to pay for child well, maintenance? Because I hear that they're rolling in it. 
Well, the thing is, it, this is all based on your declared income, which I don't imagine is very high. <laughs> but um, And it also depends on how often the child stays with you, I think, as well, how oh, many nights okay. on a week and stuff. But I put in £80,000, mm. and you only have to pay £701 a month. Which it's The only reason I'm saying amount. that is quite a lot of money, but the reason I'm saying it's not a lot of money is because Gary seems to think that he can just... The amount that he's going to pay is going to mean that Laura and Kelly can go somewhere else and live. So it's got to be, um, you know, rent or mortgage. £700 is not really going to pay many bills, mm. is it? That's my point. Not that 700 quid is not a lot of money, because yeah. it is, obviously. Any thoughts on Arthur and Evelyn? My my thought is, hurry up and get moving. Uh, I thought this was a... great, that, that, that Evelyn was being such an annoying old bitch and um, getting mad about the answers to the quiz and not wanting to put her hand in her pocket and mm. um i think arthur just kind of found it charming and funny yeah i don't think he's gonna find it charming and funny if he had to have lived with her for the <laughs> entire time that they'd been in love you know all these years i feel I like i'm um in short amounts i feel like i'm contradicting myself in this because i'm saying hurry up and get moving with this story but on the other hand when with other stories that do hurry up i'm saying come on let's see this relationship this build but it, it just kind of feels that every every scene we see with Evelyn and Arthur, they go to the Rovers, they have drinks, they chat for a bit, and then we don't see them again for months. It just feels very, very, very samey. And I already kind of felt no, a bit of connection between them earlier on. You're and very I'm still... bad at picking up the subtle differences between things. You keep saying the same... You said the same thing over and over again. Go Every single week when we had Jeff and Yasmin go, nothing happened this week. Yeah, and I then did, I'd point actually. out that, that something significant had happened. So what has happened this the week in life to me? The significance is that, that Evelyn is no longer on her best behaviour around him. And she's not trying to be sweet and, sweet and light. And, and, and her mask has slipped... But he doesn't mind. He's seen her being an annoying cow and trying to be penny pinch and get mad about the answers to a quiz and be petty. And he still kind of thinks it's funny and sweet and charming and likes okay, her. Okay, you're right. I didn't pick that up. That makes <sighs> sense. Thanks. <laughs> okay, right. And that's it. Okay, it felt like we got through Street Talk very, very quickly this week. But as I said, I wasn't particularly enamoured by very much of what went on this week. Tonight's couple of twists in the Peter and Carla story and the Daniel story did take me by surprise I, I suppose think, which was good I tell you what I did think I did get like I said before about this story that the Peter and Carla felt very fan servicey and all the Carla and Peter fans I was just watching this going this was kind of written for you guys because you had Carla standing up for herself, Peter coming Peter and in the guys the white are the great protector, yeah. And uh and Roy there going, Oh, don't forget everybody, Carla's my girl, you know, and and here's here's the funny quirky thing about Carla. She's got a Barbie alarm clock and also look, she's skinny but she eats pizza just like a normal person. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just felt very fan servicey. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not saying it in a in a negative way. No, but, um, I know what you mean. It I did agree. feel a bit like fan bait. Yeah. I, but um, that's good because you know a lot of a lot of the time I think you have these little fan, micro fan bases for different mm. characters or relationships, and often they complain that they haven't got anything to yeah. watch, and because they're so focused on one or two people. I am going to give this week's Coronation Street. It 
I'm going to give it three. Gareth's three going to give it three. three dinosaur shaped <laughs> nuggets out of five. I'm giving and, it three Barbie alarm clocks. <laughs> I did think that um, as, as I was going into tonight's episode, I was thinking this this week is really, really not grabbing me. This might be like a two or a two and a half this week. So I think tonight's twist to turn it around. But I, I'm hoping for. I just I just want to get something to get the pulse racing a bit more next week maybe. Character of the week, it seems like Carla's the easy choice and she did, especially when she stood up for herself and rang that bell tonight, but it certainly wouldn't have been my my choice until we got the Friday scene where she basically told them. Mm. I think it is either Carla or Peter to be honest. Or maybe Roy. Oh, maybe I will pick Peter. I don't know, no, because he wasn't really... It was only really on Friday when he became the focus of... Yeah, but he the, the fact that he reacted intrigue. so well to Carla's... Um, what what could have been a devastating it, blow to him. Like... Although he did used to be married to a prostitute, so he's probably used to... <laughs> well, I mean, both of them, they're no strangers to sneaking around behind other people's backs. Yeah. And it's not like she had an affair or cheated, was it? She... She used her body to buy herself somewhere to live. But she, she was, I think she was, you know, officially going out with Peter at the time. I well, can't he remember told exactly. her that she had been raped. And I think yeah. that you can argue that that was the case. She was taken advantage of. Yeah, and we, didn't really, fair, we didn't discuss that, did we? It wasn't it, a fair, it, you know, she... she no. I, there's obviously lots of layers about should sex ever be a transaction and... Accepting money is one thing, and Nikki you know, thinks so. And uh, you know, I think that if a woman has to sleep with you to get to live somewhere, that is rape, isn't it? Because she's not she's not accepting it for anything other than survival, and mm. that seems very disgusting to me. Well, it seems it, it seems that Jordan many, was the type to have. Yeah, I don't think many men would want to argue with me her. about their right to extort sex from women in return <laughs> for a house. I would hope, so. and if I, if there were, I would hope they're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> it, it makes me wonder though if if he's done it with Carla, who else is he doing it to? Has he got some kind of? Oh, he must have. He must. Like a harem out there. Well, he must. It seems like a sort of fairly standard thing. Mm. I I would um, I would hope that. She got checked <laughs> when. Well, no, I'm being serious. When she, uh, I would hope that she got checked. Yeah. Um. So are we go. Are we going with Peter? I'm going with Carla. I'll go. You, Ka- you have Carla. I'll have Carla, and you have Peter. Okay, then between us, Carla and Peter, our characters of the week, and we both got three out of five in the week. So, is what I say to this week's Corey. I hope the next week's better. Still but you know what? We're going to have Shona back next week. We're hopefully going to have some Yasmin in court. I've got a feeling it's going to be a bit better. And what, what I did like about this week is it felt fresh in that there was some new stories. The Carla and Peter thing is like, oh, got something new this week. And the Daniels, it, it, none, you know, they weren't con- just continuations of long running stories. So Yeah. And also I am like, oh, wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. What's going to happen with Peter? What's going to happen with... Daniel and this girl, if anything, is Faye going to discover something or is she going to become a minion of Jeff? Yeah. So maybe this week was just the setup to that and it's all going to hit the fan next week. Hooray! Hooray! Let's get on <laughs> with the next section of the podcast. Welcome to the cabin, everybody. This is the news section of the podcast. And it was looking this week that there wasn't going to be any news, anything interesting coming up. With what, After all the last week's, you know, back to work shenanigans that took up a lot of time chatting about. But then a really exciting um, piece cropped up 
to say Wednesday maybe, I can't remember, about some new Corrie specials that are going to be airing on ITV later this year. Really, really exciting. We were wondering whether they were, I mean, what, I don't know whether this is officially as part of the, you know, the 60th uh, celebrations or whether they're just doing it because of COVID and lockdown and trying to get more entertainment out of the Corrie fans. But whatever the reason, we are going to be drowning in Coronation Street specials at some point in the, I'm guessing, near future. Um, at first off, we've got um, a series of programmes called Coronation Street Memorable Moments, and that's going to be narrated by Jason Manford. And um, it says, looking back over 60 years, each episode has been carefully curated from the archives to bring alive each theme via specially selected highlights. So it's basically just a load of clips um, of famous things on on a topic each week. Clip show! Totally a clip show. Now, I don't know... Uh, it probably said on the press release, I don't know, how, whether, how much you know, talking heads and stuff there's going to be. I'm assuming it's not just going to be clips, but maybe it will be, I don't know. But the, um, there's going to be eight episodes of that, so we've got two months' worth of Coronation Street memorable moments on the themes of weddings, villains, stories that grip the nation, battle axes, scandals, partnerships, famous faces and high days on holidays. I have a sneaking suspicion that this is... Partly a celebration for the 60th and partly people scrambling to fill their schedules with things that they can put together with people at home. Because we've already just been watching the the Big Brother show, the the best Big Brother episodes. Oh yeah, we've been enjoying that this week, um, haven't we? Because I think no no new TV is being made <laughs> and they've got to fill the... The airs with the air with something. Yeah, I mean, there's there is not that I'm complaining. Coronation Street brilliant. aren't short of um, classic clips to cobble together <laughs> to make things that uh, Cory fans will enjoy. And I'm sure this will be a lot of fun too. I mean, it, who knows if they already planned this? I, th- I th- you know, could could be that they already planned this. It'd be yeah, nice if they know. did. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, we still get more Cory stuff. Yeah. I, I did think that when I heard about this, it sounds very much like the Cory years shows that they had. It was around when we started the podcast, wasn't it? I think they did a, a mini series of like three episodes in 2011, and then another six or so the following year. I do wonder how much, you know, it's going to be almost exactly the same as that, but rebranded a little bit. Because I did a bit of research into what the themes of the Couriers programmes are. And we had the headline makers. Um, and I, I mean, that seal sounds a bit like stories that grip the nation. They had the firsts, uh, the changing face of Britain, which is about how... Um, you know, developments in the real world have influenced Coronation Street stories. So I don't think that particularly... Um, corresponds to anything in the new series the scandals so that's exactly the same the feuds away from the cobbles which is another filming on location high days and holidays kids stunts after the street and christmas so see those seem slightly more analytical than than the the coronation street memorable moments which really just uh, does seem to be mm. look up how many weddings there are yeah what are good ones stick some i really hope that we get to see things that we haven't seen before that's necessarily. The ma- that's the main thing. I mean, oh, more older things. Because honestly, if they had put Elsie Tanner's wedding in a clip show, I don't remember seeing it. But that's only probably because I wouldn't have clicked what I was watching. Mm. Yeah, it might it might you know, feel stuff different to you now. You've got a yeah, exactly. more greater appreciation of older Cory if they mm-hmm. put some of that stuff in. Yeah. Um. I. I. I what well, I just hope that there is some new stuff, as you said, because the Cory years was good because they. They put new bits in and they, they had the talking heads. They had um, 
Sandra Goff, for example, coming back for one of them to talk about being Irma and about how she quit the programme. And that was all, you know, brand new stuff. And, and You can't uh, see, watch this anymore, uh, No, you can't. And, and, and many years later, she comes to talk about why she left Corrie. And I remember there was a segment on the Scandals episode, I think, about this, um, Sheila Berthel's suicide, um, where the, the actress, I can't remember who it was that played Sheila, gets to speak for maybe the first time on camera about it. So that um, I love stuff like that. Yeah, I love stuff like that. I, I hope that the Corrie years didn't take everything and all the secrets and it's left it a little bit for this, otherwise it's going to feel a little bit samey. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's extra Corrie content. Um, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it, whatever. There's just, we don't have a start date for that yet. Um, what we also have coming... Um, narrated by Sally Lindsay, who was the actress who played um, Shelley Unwin. And she's, she's done a, quite a few narrations of Coronation Street docs and stuff in the past, um, is Coronation Street icons. And the idea of that is they're taking four classic Cory characters and each week they're doing a, a, de- a programme dedicated specifically to them. Uh, the press release says, we'll celebrate some of the longest serving, much loved cast members and chart their character's journey to find out what the actors themselves think of their time on the street. The episodes will contain archive footage and new talking heads by cast members, past and present. I so who they're going to get. What, well, we know who the characters are going to be. It's yeah, Ken, Sally, Liz and Roy. So some solid um, picks there. Interesting who's been left out. For example, there's I'm no Gail. In. I think this is fascinating. They've picked Ken, Ken Barlow, Sally Metcalf, Liz McDonald and Roy Cropper. And I think... Those are all four, four really great characters, and there's easily enough to talk about oh, yeah, easily in an entire it. episode. But what about so many other characters mm. that they haven't included? The, the thing is, and I would some... even argue that there are other more iconic characters that aren't in that list, or very a very short list of only four people. Yeah, but so, some of those iconic characters might have already had programs like yeah, this done about them. For example, yeah. last year there was the Audrey program, wasn't yeah, there? That's true. So they they couldn't have done this about Audrey. True, true. I'm I'm racking my brains and I don't think I've ever seen a programme dedicated to Sally, Liz or Roy. Yeah, that's what no, I, think. I guess right. I've seen one about Ken, but I might be just making it up. But they but could they couldn't have not be. done Ken. No. For the, for I, this series. I think it's good that those three aren't ones that you have like nobody's gonna go oh god Roy Cropper again mm, no, like it's, it's actually exactly. a really interesting character to talk about and yeah it's not an like an obvious one because they've already done the obvious ones mm. and they but it, it's still a really it'll be interesting character. I hope for the viewers who maybe haven't been watching Corrie so long to see what Roy was like back in the olden days Very and different. how his character has changed over the time mm. will we get an anecdote about where the bag came from I think from? we may find out <laughs> that that bag used to belong to his mum and you know what in the Ken Barlow episode if he doesn't say about how he pushed Anne Kirkbride up against that door at number one well, well, well my money back. who do I complain to for that yeah <laughs> Um, and so that that should be really really fun something focused on as I say four really great memorable iconic big characters don't know whether this is going to be like going concurrently with the others or whether they're going to show that um, that uh, episodes eight episodes first and then these four or, or what we'll just have to wait and see won't we and if you're an Emmerdale fan as well they're doing some Emmerdale things as well but I've not even written, written that down I've just thought of a brilliant thing that they could do as a supplementary episode that I would tune into and watch every single episode of and it would take them quite a while to get through mm. Charles Dance reads Pat Phoenix's autobiography <laughs> Yes, we do know that Charles Dance is an excellent autobiography reader. Yes. Because he does a, a, stint, uh, a stint every year on the big fat quiz of the year, doesn't he? Yeah, where he reads out excerpts from like trashy celebrities, horrible yeah, autobiographies. Um, but I think he'd be brilliant reading her, hers out. If, it would be fantastic. Have you, you haven't read any more of that in the past? No, I haven't. Week, have you? I've, I've been reading this book 
called Garlic and Sapphires by Ruth Rachel, and I read it in 24 hours. You've been devouring that book over the last two it's days, haven't you? about this woman who, is a, who was the New York Times food critic and restaurant critic, and she had to disguise herself as various people so that she wouldn't be recognised when she went to, to restaurants. It's very interesting. So this gets Gemma's recommendation. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Corrie stuff. And another programme that's coming along um, soon, this is the soonest one that may well um, pique your interest, is the British Soap Awards celebrates 21 years. Now, as we know, because of the pandemic, we've ha- not been able to have the British Soap Awards this year, where, oh, I'm sure Corrie would have done... They, they, uh, they, they would like have done... They, I feel like they would have done well. I think everyone's been feel cheated. That, I feel that Shelley and Barty would have been picking up some gongs this year. Can't they do it later in the year? 60th, yeah. Oh, it's such a shame. But anyway, they're putting together a, a compendium of clips from the last 21 years of the British Soap Awards. It's going to be on ITV at 9 o'clock on Sunday the 28th of June. Gemma, would you like to read the press release? We'll take a trip down memory lane and revisit iconic storylines, characters and winners from EastEnders, Hollyoaks, Emmerdale, Doctors and Coronation Street. The show will celebrate and remember all the memorable speeches, funniest moments and popular actors of the past 21 years. You can have Sue Nichols doing her speech. Oh gosh, so. yeah, I want, them to, I want to see uh, Ali Mardell doing her speech last year oh, again. Oh, love the That was amazing. We had to watch that live as well. Um, we'll also discover which of your favourite soaps have won the most awards. Remember all the guests that have graced the stage over the years, see the explosive stunts, look back at the greatest double acts and revisit all those soap storylines that grip the nation. So you, if you want to find out who's um, won the most awards, you can find out all the past winners on the British Soap Awards website. I think... I'm going to say it probably down. is Corey, but I don't know for sure. Anyway, it sounds it's not fun. Be we, we, when we've, we've been to this, uh, see the British Soap Awards being filmed twice now, and when the adverts are playing for the folks at home, um, they play us clips from old yeah, Soap Awards, all, don't all they? The like Sam Aston when he was nine or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and little Alex Bain and things like that. So there's, there's a wealth of, um, of old clips that they can use there. I'd be interested as well to know. Are those the only soaps they're going to be talking about? Because over the past 21 years, there have been other shows that have featured in um, the British Soap Awards. For example, The Bill was classified mm. as a soap, and I don't think it won anything, but it was nominated um, for, for a couple of years when it was going through a particularly soapy period. And I don't know whether Brookside had ended by the time the, coronation, uh, the, the Soap Awards started as well. But anyway, we don't have long to wait for this. Tuesday, uh, Sunday, June the 28th at 9pm is when we'll be able to watch... That, I and it's narrated had, by Scope as well. I think I had a dream darling. last night with Philip Schofield in it. Oh, and really? I was, and I was shouting at him and everyone agreed with me. Gemma is not the biggest Philip Schofield like, fan. Philip Schofield is a fraud. Philip was going, yeah, and I was like, yeah, at last everyone agrees with I, me. I think you've always found him um, somewhat irritating, haven't you, him. and smug. I don't mind him at all, I like him, but I can, I can see why you don't. Finally. He, he has no opinion on me, but if he hears this, he'll, he'll decide where anyways. I know, you listen to Conversation Street, Jamie. I don't mm, believe it. Soap, well. Right, the next bit of uh, news is Katie McGlynn. She's got a role in Series 4 of the BBC drama The Syndicate. Yes, yeah, so this is her first post-Coronation Street role, which I'm imagining, I mean, at the moment, with everything that's going on, it must be a really tough time for actors looking for gigs, because like you said, nothing's filming at the moment. But yeah, And they're she's all got... freelancers. The arts yeah. have suffered so much because of this. Everybody's been, well, plenty of people have been bailed out, but anyone who works as a sort of self-employed in the, in the creative industry, industry has been 
hit so badly and I feel awful mm. for... No, I, I hadn't heard of this show, The Syndicate, before. I mean, it's a BBC drama series about a group of people that win an, um, a, a work lottery syndicate and it kind of Is follows... that work? Not necessarily. I'm just guessing that. And it follows their adventures post-winning. I couldn't it's, watch this because I'd be jealous. I think it sounds quite interesting, actually. I'd, I'd be interested to you know, at least tune into the first episode to see what see what I think of it and see what Kate McGlynn's like. Apparently in uh, Series 3, which was in 2015, Melanie Hill was one of the main characters, or oh, one of the main actors cool. as well. Um, so, yeah, if you are a Katie McGlynn fan, then... Um, look forward to look that. Look out for that. I don't know whether it's got a date I'm or sure not. I'm sure we'll hear more about it. Sure we will. When it becomes available to watch. And that is it yeah. for the news. News time over. Now it's time for feedback. Right, okay, it is feedback time. You ready for some feedback, Gemma? Mm-hmm. Gemma is ready for some feedback. I hope you are, everybody. But first, we have got the average score from the Facebook group. They gave last week's curry 3.6 out of 5, which is higher than we scored, because I think you gave 3.5 and I gave 3 for last week. So people enjoyed right. it more than we did. I wonder what they thought <laughs> about this week. Were, we, was our, were our listeners nonplussed about this week's curry as we were? because we'll find out next week Rebecca gave last week's three and a half umbrellas with pork scratchings out of five Darren gave it three Fred Elliott's and uh, Chad was my winner of the week as he scored it four (laughs) Funhouse Pat Sharp mullets out of five and that was another reference that we didn't mention in last week's podcast as well but I appreciated it is that the best mullet of all time yes arguably so now we did get some very exciting posts this week didn't we (gasps) thanks to a very generous listener Chris sent us um, a top trumps game an actual (laughs) real life genuine official Coronation Street top trumps game which is amazing. And it's, it was released in 2009, I think it says on it, and it's got a load of the characters and, and, and it's got little fact files about them and scores what year for... they came in and how notorious they are or something. Yeah, so that's really, really cool. Because I, I think... It is really good. When we were talking last week about Top Trumps and I said, oh, I wonder if they ever did a Cory one, I had completely forgot. But when I saw this one, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember seeing that at some point. We haven't had a chance to have a play with it yet, have we? But I'm no. sure over the coming week or so we'll, uh, we'll find... Bit does, of time to give it a go. Does it have the rules inside? It because does have the rules. Done, you don't so know what they I've are. I've got no idea what the rules are. We know that now. Yeah. So we will have a play at that. But not only that, Chris also sent us um, a copy of a Coronation Street trivia game. Yes. Which was released for quiz. the yeah, which was released for fiftieth anniversary. It's narrated Amazing. by Malcolm Hebden. Yeah. As well, I think it's Norris Cole. Yeah. In, Malcolm in Hebden as. Yeah. And it is a proper Coronation Street quiz. It's a CD, and I quite like to put it on the um, in the car when we're going to be driving up to Bath uh, on Sunday, aren't we? We could we could for, answer um, curry trivia for estate purposes. We are going for estate purposes, not Bath. just on a lark, in case anyone's worried. No, um, yeah. So that that I think that would be quite a fun car journey if we did that. It's amazing. Thank you very very much, Chris. It's very kind of you. Yes. Um, and thank you as well to all the other people who said that they enjoyed the top Trumps villain section from last yeah, week's podcast. It was really fun. Really, really fun to do. And uh, the fact that so many people wrote in saying that they enjoyed it. Um, Lots of requests for different groups of characters. Yeah, well. yeah. I mean, we, we don't want to do it loads because we don't want it to turn into, oh, it's another yeah. top jump section. But I feel um, more confident about doing it for Corrie women, um, female villains at some point in the future as well. So watch this space on that one. Um, oh, before we get started with the other emails, and we just noticed in between finishing last section and this recording this section that Richard had emailed us with a similar theory to what I'd said earlier about um, Nikki. He reckons that maybe there's going to be some kind of link between her and uh, Jeff's Rachel escort. And again, he hadn't been able to quite put his head around how Nikki might be involved in Jeff's eventual downfall. But yeah, it wasn't just me that thought that one. So 
maybe, I'm only maybe just we saying, will be right, Richard. It, it has to add something other than the fact that Jeff was seeing escort because he already. Yeah, he'd already already confessed to that one. Mm-hmm. Right, we have got um, feedback from two Rebeccas this week. One of them is Rebecca P. And she says, Hi, Michael and Gemma. Hello. Really enjoyed the bad guys middle section. I love the different formats. Did you know that Coronation Street's top trumps actually exist? Yes. Yes, you do, uh, Rebecca. We do now. They're not as good as yours, though. Okay. <laughs> There's more than 12 of them, though. Um, yeah, he, she, she says that um, they've got a focus on the current cast, i.e. the current cast in 2009, a lot of which had already left the show by the time we had the cards, such as Frankie Baldwin and Paul Connor. That's a really interesting point, and one of the reasons why it's difficult to ever do anything like this, and merchandise or memorabilia for Coronation Street, because the turnover is so quick, mm. and anything that you put out becomes dated the second it leaves the press. Yeah, Corey should just put Ken Barlow on everything and say, that's it. That's it. That's all you're having, you're going to moan. I would really like them to do some kind of classic uh, Corey stuff, but the thing is, I don't know how many people are I know, I don't know what the market is for that. It. It's only just probably be us. Mm. But anyway, sorry. Um, Rebecca. Rebecca continues. For me, though, the ultimate Corrie villain has to be Richard Hillman. He was my first Corrie villain. Though I dipped in and out of the show quite a lot as a child, I have vivid memories of the episode where he drove the Platt family into the canal <laughs> and being allowed to stay up to watch oh. it in my mum's bed, provided I was all ready for bed myself. Oh, what that's a wonderful memory. It is, and, and that is the episode that I from back then that I've got vivid memories because that's the one that I watched you on my own. You were allowed to say it, weren't you? I was in my mum's bed. That was when we were at university and you were out cleaning. I've got really vivid memories. I think probably a lot of it's a bit of a where were you and JFK was shot moment for Coronation Street fans <laughs> where were you when Richard Hillman was drowned everyone's saying I was watching the television <laughs> well Rebecca says that um, that summer her and her brother used to play um, Richard Hillman where they recreated the final episode in the back garden throwing ourselves off a of plastic garden chairs as the car plunged into the canal again and again that's amazing that is really cool <laughs> what do you want to play let's play Richard, play Richard Hillman, Hillman. That's, is it dark, I it suppose? It is very sinister. Uh, yeah, I hope the parents weren't paying too much attention to it. No, no, bless them. This is why they always say, the sound of children playing is, uh, is sweet and uh, melodious until you actually listen to what they're saying to I know, each I know. Um, she says, it was such a curry highlight for me that I'm not sure I'd want to watch the episodes again. Surely they can't be as good as I remember them. Ooh. I bet. I bet they are. I honestly, oh. I bet that that one is. There's a lot of rose-tinted spectacles with curry. Well, with everything, really, isn't there? But the um, thing is, though, I don't think I've I've seen that clip of them sailing through the air uh, to the You Me song countless times, but I don't know if I've ever seen the episode since the whole uh, No, I, I, I think we might have done it. It might have, it might have been on the um, the 50th box set that right. we got. But I, 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 that, that was a fantastic episode. Um, and Rebecca wonders whether us or if any of our listeners have ever played at Corrie or me and my brother just a bit weird. I don't want to judge you. Well, Je- as Gemma only got into Corrie when she was like nineteen twenty, that was it would have little been bit late then. If if I had taken that up, yeah, and uh, yeah, not me. Um, I did. I, I think Go- Ghostbusters was more my thing when I was a kid. To be did honest, did you watch Corrie when you were young enough for this to have been something that you might have done? Mm, not really. No, I no. don't think so. Although you no, know, it's never too. You never be too old to do a bit of role play. All I'm saying. Not interested. <laughs> Don't want to do a bit of Carla and Peter later, Gemma. A bit of Carla and Jordan. The rate is £150. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca, for writing in. That was a really fun story. Right, Fiona have written in and said, just listening to the podcast, the discussion about Yasmin's plea. Oh, yeah. So this is what you were talking about this earlier on the podcast, weren't you? We did have a couple of um, messages. Uh, we got a voicemail. We got some messages about... 
Yasmin in court and about what we didn't understand and Fiona is one of the people that's um, explained it to us. Um, Yasmin has pleaded not guilty to attempted murder, which is correct, in that she did not attempt to murder him. She's guilty of putting a broken bottle in his neck, but a murder charge or an attempted murder charge means that the defence has to prove intent. If the defence can prove that Yasmin's intention was to murder Jeff when she stuck the bottle in his neck, then she's guilty of attempted murder. If Yas was to be found guilty of attempting to murder Jeff, then it's up to Imran and Paula, Paula to prove that there were mitigating circumstances that led Yasmin to attempt to murder Jeff, which may then be reflected in the sentence that she receives. However, even with Yasmin's confession that she had killed her husband, she isn't guilty of attempting to murder him. She's still only guilty of stabbing him in the neck. Hope this helps. Just about. I think. I think next week, Attempted hopefully, murder. we'll we'll be able to see it, and it'll be it'll become even clearer to us. Well, it seems silly then that they're trying to pin murder on her because it clearly wasn't premeditated in any way, was it? No, and Although, I don't know how you would prove it. How was the Jeff's just gonna? I wonder what Jeff will say in court. Is he gonna make out that Yasmin said some things that she didn't say to make it look like she was planning to kill him? And if that's the case, is there going to be any visio as evidence that um, surfaces that proves that he's lying? Because if he says, "Oh, she came at me," she said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you once and for all. You deserve to die, Jeff." You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just trying to work out what is the difference between what murder and manslaughter are two of the offences that constitute homicide. Manslaughter can can be can be committed in one of three ways. Killing with the intent intent for murder, but where a partial defence applies, namely loss of control, diminished responsibility, or killing pursuant to a suicide pact. Or two, conduct which was grossly negligent given the risk of death and did kill, which is gross negligence manslaughter. And three, conduct taking the form of an unlawful act involving a danger of some harm that resulted in death, which is unlawful and dangerous act manslaughter. So I guess, really, they should have... Uh, really, she isn't actually guilty of murder. She's guilty of manslaughter. Well... She's not guilty, though. No, she's not. But this is this is right. Manslaughter, she's... she's manslaughter can be committed, which is killing for the intent of murder where a partial defence applies, namely loss of control, diminished responsibility. So I, I think that that's that would be... Yeah. If if you were, if they knew the full if they knew the full circumstances of what happened before, the the prosecution would probably or the crown defence would probably be going for manslaughter as the charge that she should be yeah. given. Hmm. Okay. Um Oh I really need to look this you, up. You keep looking that up. I'm gonna read out Eileen's message then. Eileen says This week you spoke about why Paula was representing Yasmin in court. So this is the other thing that we weren't sure about last week, wasn't it? In general, Eileen says, and we've been told this before, but we just forget it. We've had um legal I can't look this up. Legal Eagles email us and voicemail us before about this. About this is probably why they understanding don't, of the court system. They don't want to put stuff like this in court too much because people get hung up on it and also it's too boring for the writers to to read this out and it and it probably just only gets in the way of writing a plot. Well, she says Go that, on then. that we're going to read it out as boring as it may be. No, no, be. no, I'm not saying Eileen... this is boring, Michael. Don't say I said that. I'm not, I'm not. 
Eileen says that barristers represent defendants in court. Solicitor advocates also We've have a right this. of audience in higher courts, I know, but not all solicitors. So I guess it would depend on whether Imran had applied to be a solicitor advocate. He probably has applied, but it's probably somewhere in a pile of paperwork in that horrible <laughs> office. <laughs> Separately, we were surprised that Jeff hadn't been told that Yasmin had pleaded not guilty. That's because victims are not represented in court. The Crown is oh. prosecuting Yasmin. Jeff is merely a witness. You won't be surprised to know that this is controversial in a number of different cases where the victim seems to have no one looking out for them. And there have been oh. discussions on whether there should be independent legal representation for victims. So this is a bit like what Jeff was saying about no one being on oh, his side, I think. That's really weird. Am I? Um, maybe I'm just getting my all my knowledge from American TV shows. Because <laughs> I would have thought, yeah, you're right. The prosecution is on behalf of the Queen, isn't it? Yeah. We'll get her on the case, is what I say. <laughs> as you mentioned, Jeff is not on trial, so his behaviour is only relevant as mitigating circumstances in Yasmin's defence. Last year, Sally Challen's murder conviction of her abusive husband was quashed after she served nine years. You can foggle it. Oh, well, do <laughs> Hopefully, Yasmin will be found not guilty. Jeff then charged with coercive control, and justice will prevail. Good point, Eileen. I think you're right there about there really needing to be two separate court cases. Yeah. But this, here you go, here's my, here's my um, conspiracy theory uh, slash prediction. Because I don't think that Coronation Street is going to think that we're going to want to, and I would agree with them, watch two separate court cases cases revolving around the same set of characters mm. i predict that yasmin will go through with this and get found not guilty and then jeff will be sentenced or like charged with coercive control but something he will do something like he'll try to kill yasmin or something will happen and he'll become violent and then get killed or you know threaten to stab her and fall off a bridge or you know what I mean I think he might end up dying at the end of this after mm. having been confronted just so we don't have another and, court case. yeah just because it's gonna no one's gonna be want to watch that because we already know what happened yeah and also another thing I was thinking of the other day I can't remember if I said this to you and I don't know how drunk I was when I thought of this so I don't know if it's a good idea or not but the only time we ever really watch and maybe I'm wrong court cases in Coronation Street is when it's somebody who we know hasn't really done anything wrong or they or we, or we or we know that they don't really deserve to be told off because there was a good reason why they did it have we ever seen a court case from the point of view of somebody who definitely deserves to be in prison and wouldn't that be know, kind of actually. interesting that is quite funny we usually do just have yeah it's wrongfully always, arrested people it's not really a good look for the justice system is it in this country that every single time it's on so if it's like, oh, those, those nasty lawyers and the evil Crown we Prosecution saw, um, Service. We saw Nathan's uh, court uh, That's true, that's true. Appearance. That, that was from the sort of perspective of Bethany. Yeah, that was whether she could steal herself to... Yeah, but I mean, from the perspective, we've never really seen an evil person on trial from their perspective. I guess it's because we wouldn't sympathise with them. Hmm. I don't know, I'm sure our listeners can point out some time when that's happening. Right, go on, next one, Jay. Jay's got a report from the colony. Um, Firstly, he says he wants to say the Bailey Bailey scene about anti-racism was fantastic. I think it's really important what you said there, Jay, actually, about anti-racism. Because it's all very well to be, I don't, I'm not a racist. 
but you have to go a bit further than that, don't you? Be an anti-racist. Indeed. So anyway, he says, um, that was fantastic. It was powerful and the acting was very solid. Good job, Corey. I know that I am a bit too late for you for your stamp contest and the price of sending a prize this far out to the Empire is cost prohibitive. No, not really. <laughs> That's definitely it not. It was very light. That Stamps are fine. Yes. Um, my pick for a stamp would be a memorial stamp of Port Eccles. <laughs> the dog had two big scenes in recent times, one on the street and one on the rug, and then they killed her off. <laughs> Maybe a series of the animals of the street. I don't know whether how iconic they would end up looking. I don't think... I think it's just... Because I don't... Also, I think they... all the, the, There's more than one Eccles, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. The which which one would it be? I think if if there was a stamp series of Cory pets, they'd end up just looking like random animals. <laughs> With random animals of Weatherfield. Yeah. Like, don't you remember when Ken Schmeichel Byler had a pet elephant? Here's what, here he is. Here's the seals in the bath. Yeah, no, I think that even Schmeichel, it just end up, you know, out of context. No, I, I know. If you, I, if you had a letter through your post no, and it had a great a picture, Dane on, it's like... No, it would be a like, picture of them with their owners smiling. Okay, maybe. I think Jay's right and you're wrong. <laughs> also, Jay and anyone else listening, if we do competition, we'll, we'll always be open to everybody. Well, unless we say it's unless not. Unless we specifically We've had a couple you. of competitions that's just been UK. Because it's... If it's, it's something big and chunky. yeah. But yeah, on we the try whole, to we try to make it open to everybody because it's not yes, fair. We otherwise. do know we have our um, our foreign listeners our co- our from the colonies. Um, and Jay says, "What can be done with the quads now?" Wow, I tell you what, have you seen Idle Hair of them? I haven't. No, it's, it's been, been absolutely bliss. fantastic. <laughs> Thank goodness for my PVR, so I can speed on through those scenes. I left this story the day I found out it was going to be multiple births. It's just not that interesting. Maybe if they were grown and had some action scenes or car chases. Even then, I do not think I am with it. I've been giving this big 60th episode some thoughts. We know that it is going to be to have to be spectacular and bigger than the tram crash. Short of bringing back the London Blitz, what could be better? Not bigger? anymore, Jay, not anymore. Yeah, sorry, We know Jay. it's not. Well, they've told us specifically. Well, never mind, Jay's Unless got it's a, a fake-out. Jay has got a theory. Unless it's a fake-out, and they're like, we, we, there won't be any big stunts. They're going to spring it on us. They just blow up the whole street. Hmm. Um, in true Corey fashion, this is what Jay says, somebody, someone suddenly comes into a windfall of money. It does not even matter who gets the money because it never seems to last. Let's first discussion say that it is Kirk. Well, Kirk wants to show how grateful he is to all his friends on the street. After a long bit of thought, maybe two or three minutes, a commercial break, he decides to fly everyone to Australia. This would allow for all the traditional fun of late for the airport, stuck in security and everything else. Then three is plain trouble on the aeroplane and it crash lands on an island where surprisingly only the cast members survived the crash. <laughs> now they must build a new society on the island complete with a leader. They could pave the streets with pieces of bamboo instead of cobbles. I have one question. Oh, that's good. That, yeah. <laughs> I I'd watch really, it. really like that idea. It's absolutely balmy, but um, I, I think... Do it for your spin-off, DVD spin-off this year. It's been 10 years since they've done one of them. Well... Corey Castaway. I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a bit of fan fiction online because we found that fan fiction website, didn't we? With all those hundreds mm. of thousands of Carla and Peter, Carla and fan, Peter fan fiction things. <laughs> um, so fin- finally, uh, Jay says, I have I one do, I question. I want to see, I, I don't, never mind about the um, Desert Island, I want to see some more Curry at airports because they, they, just ne- they don't ever seem to film at airports anymore, but they used to. I mean, who can beat the classic to... A cinematic airport scenes you in think movies. Of Love Actually. Love Actually and Home Alone. 
Yeah. Classics. I, I, I just wonder, it's partly to do with, you know, you can't film in the middle of big throngs of people anymore. And it's, well, you know, it's different. Why? Just because people are going to be snapping away on their mobiles and everything. I think it must be really, really difficult to film in places where there's going to be huge swathes of members of the public there. Whereas back in, you know, the 90s and before, it was, it was a lot easier to do. It's a shame. Well, but earlier they would, uh, they were more interested in Coronation Street. I would argue. Yeah, I, I don't think. I think it's always been a problem because when who was it? Conceptor and um, who was Harry when they got married in the actual episode of that wedding? You can see people standing on the street <laughs> watching them turn up with their little cameras who are clearly fans of Coronation Street, only okay, there true. to rubberneck to watch this being filmed. Yeah. And they left them in the show. I'd just like to see Corey go out into the real world a bit more often. I know you would. Not And not just estates, which is a, a lot of what they do. Oh, that reminds me. They mentioned um, the dog and gun on yeah, they 70s Corey the other day that we were watching. I'm sure it's just a massive coincidence. I did, I did enjoy I that. I don't think the dog and gun is an obscure name for a pub, is it? No. Um, Jay finishes. I have one question. Is there a name for fanatical Corrie fans? The Grateful Dead has dead heads. Singer Jimmy Buffett has parrot heads. Might I suggest we adopt cobbleheads? That is, if there isn't already a name. I don't... I haven't... I, I mean, maybe, yeah, cobbleheads. I don't even know whether I've heard that before. Whether I, It rings a bell for me. Yeah, but no is the answer I no, don't think the there thing is, is an official name I've always wanted to have some kind of catchphrase or like funny name or slogan that we can have in the show so that you can like because having a catchphrase is like part of being a successful podcast mm. and 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 the only thing I can think of really is shut up Michael which I don't <laughs> think is <laughs> yeah which I don't think is going to catch on so you just need to end the episode yeah Keep on cobbling on. Yeah, Never what a load that. of old cobblers or something. <laughs> Let's call it cobbleheads. I can't heads. think of any... There's another there's a podcast I listen to. I'm not going to name names. And they came up at the very beginning. They obviously were angling for um, trying to think of cool catchphrases and, and slogans so they could stick it on merch and stuff. And they came up with the lamest two things I've ever heard in my life. And they say it every episode. And it's like, stop me- trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. No. I, it just feels a bit fake. Whenever That's I listen I to mean. your pod, podcast and they say their catchphrases. Yeah. I don't think the ones... The two ones I listen to that have catchphrases are My Favourite Murder, which is Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered, which unfortunately often sounds a bit hollow when they've been talking about really horrific things because it's like nobody means to get murdered. <laughs> um, and uh, the last podcast on the left, which has Magustalations, which they made up. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious, but yeah, if anyone could think of any catchphrases or funny slogans, write <laughs> in and let us know. But I guess, uh, yeah, having a collective name for people that listen to the podcast or are fans of Corey. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about a collective name for people who listen to the podcast. That's what we need before Corey uh, fans. Cobblers. Nancy That's says really t- of oh. last week's um, podcast that she loved it. She said she liked the discussion we had about Ali and Yasmin. Thanks. Ali did a great job listening to Yasmin. It was great when she pleaded not guilty. Gary's starting to stick his nose into things that don't concern him. Yeah. I'm wondering if Maria will find out about this. This is the other thing. It's like, oh yeah, Maria's going out with Gary. Do you know what? Earlier on, I was thinking, when we were talking about Daniel, uh, who could he date? I was like, I wonder if he could date Maria. Totally forgot that she was dating Gary. And that's, that's like a bad, major part of that storyline. It shouldn't happen. It, it should not, not happen. It's not really the fault 
of anything other than the, the cast is so big. But unfortunately, I think that's a necessary evil. And I don't know that they can walk it back now. It's, it's really, it would be really difficult to. Um, love the scene between Leanne and Toya. Sally showed a lot of character this week too. She got can I Tim... just, sorry, interrupt you now, yes. Nancy? I also, apart from very minor few people don't want to get rid of anybody on the cast either particularly i always feel bad when i say the cast is too big but it's not because i think anybody doesn't deserve to be there maybe one or two people get underused yeah there's a few that i wouldn't be sorry to say good see the back of but i just prefer it to be kind of tighter so just so that we could get to know the characters for better Mm -hmm. Uh, and for longer. Anyway, sorry, Nancy. Um, anyway, she says she liked Sally getting Tim asking uh, Jeff to leave. And she loved the Asher and Dev scenes. Seeing mm. Paula surprised me. I Asher like, and Dev is really good. Yeah, I like the nice scene that we got in Underworld this week too. She gave it uh, three and a half. Yasmin, Yasmin, not guys. Or is that supposed to be say guilty? <laughs> Out oh, of probably. five. <laughs> also correct. My character of the week is Alia. I love Corey's good news with my clinic. Yay! <laughs> yeah, you have... Um... I haven't had anyone stopping me in the street yet for an autograph, but that's only because (laughs) of social distancing, I'm sure. It's only because they're like, oh, I would be your fan, but I don't know what to call myself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Normal Rebecca is also... Rebecca G? Usual Rebecca. Don't say normal (laughs) Rebecca. That's mean. Uh, Veteran Rebecca. Yes. Um, Regular Rebecca. (laughs) That makes it sound like I don't know how regular she is. (laughs) I wouldn't want to speculate on anyone else's regularity. Rebecca says, really enjoyed the Yasmin and Jeff story this week, especially the scenes between Shelley and Sarah were brilliant and the cliffhanger on Monday's episode was great as well. Loved Yasmin, pleaded not guilty, but I hope she doesn't change her plea. Southern Warpath is also enjoyable. I'm guessing there would be a court case, but due to this pandemic, it could possibly be pushed to the end of the year. See, I don't think it will be because it was just pushed, the judge says, back in a week and they've still got... You know, a month's worth of episodes. Left, I'll tell you I? what, something that is quite interesting is I think that, I don't know about in the UK, as usual, I seem to get all my information from America, but I think, I believe, this is true to say, that some court court cases are proceeding via Zoom or other video conferencing. And I know that in America, they often do have um, people pleading from jails on video they don't actually go to court they just kind of remotely plead okay um so it would be interesting because we know that um that you know social distancing etc etc is is going to be um molding the way that court that um scenes are, are filmed it would be very interesting if that is happening in the in the UK in courts to to sort of have it be that. done virtually it would mm-hmm. make sense uh, it feels to me like it's going to be over by then I think oh, yeah, I don't I think, think they need to. Also, yeah, I agree with you. But if if there is a second court case, as you were speculating about, earlier, I don't think there will be there a will, second court be, case because yeah. I think that he will die at the end of this storyline. Um, Gary's storyline this week was just weird, and the weirdest bit was the Fred Elliott mention. That was strange. Adam removing his wedding ring was showing that he is a bit of a chancer. But when Sarah finds out, um, she won't be happy. Well, she will. She won't be happy. I often wonder when these people take their rings off. Why isn't there just a big dent like mm. we've both got well i don't anymore because i took mine off ages ago but you've got a big old dent on your finger when you take your ring off well, daniel's barely been married five, i mean as has barely been married five minutes though so True. he's probably safe so, i want to see david lay into adam after he finds out that he's been 
messing his sister around. Yeah, lay into him. Still enjoying the Asher and Dev story. And yeah, I agree. I think Dev might be getting himself into money troubles. I didn't have any of that this week, did I? Again, still liking the Nina and Asher friendship and enjoyed Mary being brought into the story again. Now the Carla story. I agree with Gemma that there is was too much emphasis put on Scott asking about Carla's mother. My theory is that Scott might think he is Carla's father due to Sharon being with both Scott and Johnny and that Scottish girl might be Scott's daughter. Oh my gosh, that's too much. Well, we know that, that um, Chelsea isn't actually Scott's daughter now. We assume not, although he is still sniffing around, isn't he? It wouldn't, but, I wouldn't put him past, I'd put it past it, him to, because he was listening and he did kind of kick them out. I hope that... It would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, it would be weird if he knew so much about what Carla had been up to and she was on drugs. Mm. And how would he have got involved with these guys to know that that's what had happened? Yeah, like, how would he know to seek them out? But it would be interesting if actually he was behind them confronting Carla and he said, look, I'll give you half of the money if you... Yes, maybe. Because he might be trying to get to Johnny by going through Carla. Oh, yeah, yeah. It could be that. that. But also, Rebecca's got a point here. It could be that he might not be Carla's dad, but he might possibly think that he could be. We don't need another person to be Carla's dad. They've already had but that. But the So-and-so is really your dad and you never knew. And now it could be so-and-so is actually your dad, not this other so-and-so that was actually your dad. The thing is, though, he didn't know who the mum was. So if he didn't realise who her mum was... That, oh yeah, that he, he, he assumed that it was um, Johnny's wife, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. And it's Although Sharon was her mum, wasn't it? Maybe that. Yeah. Maybe that's all part of his evil plot. Hmm. Interesting. Um, oh, well, she says I might be totally wrong, and I probably am. I also enjoyed the mention of Dylan from Sean. Yeah, I like that as well. That was so brief. You blink if you miss it. I don't mm. think he even mentioned his name, did he? Um, you might have done. I can't remember. Also enjoyed the Leanne and Toya scene. Daniel seems a bit lost at the moment and maybe Adam or Peter can show him some support. I did like his talk with Ken. Character of the week is Alia and I give it three and a half. Umbrellas with pork scratchings out of five. Thank you very much, Rebecca. What's the pork scratchings umbrella thing? I don't remember what that's a reference to. Mm, Pork scratchings. I've got vague, 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 vague memories of the mentioning, but I don't know who mentioned it or when or why, but... Or maybe Rebecca just made it up and she's trying to test <laughs> us to check whether we were paying attention. Um, Finally, uh, of course, we have got another beginning, newly regular um, writer <laughs> in a fan girl overload, one, two, three, who says about this week's Corrie, the Carla story was by far the best. She loved her speech and Peter and Moy standing by her as well as everyone else who was in the Rovers. See, she, she was a fan of the, uh, all the audience in the Rovers piping up. That well, being if she said, was there, she could have applauded. That being said, it's strange how there were no extras in there tonight. Am I the only one who noticed? I didn't notice that. I'm pretty sure Peter beat those two scallies. I think the Yasmin trial will cause more friction between Tim and Sally, who are still fragile from the bigamy incident. I also love how Daniel still hasn't learnt his lesson and is still falling for the first girl he sees. I was a little upset we didn't see Shona, but at least she was mentioned, and I was made up that we got more scenes of Ethan and Arthur, even if there were only a couple. Character of the week is Carla, and I give it three and a half crushed grapes out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out one thing that's bothering me about Corey. Do and, it. And um, it was mentioned here about... I just don't think that... I think that when the stories get joined up, they don't always, it doesn't always really work. Like, it, it seems like really great planning to have, even though it was a stupid idea, to have Tim be a bigamist and that, that to undermine the relationship between Tim and Sally right before they, they were to be tested by this um, 
gulf that came between them because of what they thought about Jeff. Mm. But it just doesn't feel developed enough. You know what I mean? Well, the whole, the whole of the bigamy thing seems a bit throwaway when you look back on it. It's well, like, it doesn't seem... It seems like have... at the moment, it's one of these things that a couple of years' time ago... Remember that thing where it turned out that Tim was a bigamist? Like, oh, yeah, that was... And it, and it, that's weird. It, is, it does have a lot of bearing on what's going on, but it equally doesn't really feel, like you say, relevant because the other thing that's causing friction here is the fact that they're supposed to be getting money from Jeff and Yasmin for the wedding. Mm. And that, that really should be causing a lot more tension. The, the wedding's barely been mentioned at I know, the moment. It just feels disjointed. But yeah, the, the bigamist thing just seems to be a weird plot point I that's don't... been thrown in and there what and it's to that not woman? and it's not realistic yeah charlie i don't know what's going on I with love her charlie i want her to come back well we're still following sean reeves on twitter so if she's going to be back we'll find we out we might find out yeah it it just seems an odd thing to have thrown in there for a bit of drama it just doesn't seem relatable does it that's the trouble yeah right i think we're done Gemma. yeah yeah that is the end of this podcast for another as week. always thank you guys so much for listening every week or even just for this one, if that's all you did. <laughs> you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. We're on conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can leave a message on there. You can review us on iTunes. I still haven't had one since April. Just saying. It'd be quite nice if you would like to do that. Um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube and Patreon. You can find us by Googling us, really. Yes. If you want to get in touch and have your um, thoughts email um, read out on the show, email is the best way to go. Because we always say at the end of the episode, here's all the million ways that you can contact us. And I'm sure that like every other, every couple of weeks, somebody contacts us with a really good message, but they send it on some non-email means, and I forget about it. Email, email is where it will definitely get read out, unless it's super, super, super long. Conversationstreet at gmail.com. And we also have a... F- private Facebook group, which has been really fun this week because we spent a lot of time discussing what is the difference between French toast and eggy bread. Oh, yeah. Yes. Bertie's favourite. Yes. Was it Bertie that... Um, I don't know. It was somebody no, I thought in it was David. Household. Was it? I thought it was in the Barlows. Oh, I don't know. Never mind, everybody. Well, we had a massive, like, over 100 comments when everyone was talking about... I wasn't involved grilled, in this. Michael doesn't care about food. We were talking about grilled cheese sandwiches and what is cheese on toast. And um, I, I brought up toasty makers, which um apparently not very common in America. We also talk about Coronation Street on there as well sometimes. But I really like it when people have questions or observations about English food <laughs> or UK food that I can answer because it's fun. Right. So th- Are we done, Gemma? This was John who, who wrote this. I just realised that eggy bread is what we Americans call French toast and there's literally hundreds and hundreds of comments. And That's hilarious. Then we started talking no about... No Coronation Street plot point has had as many oh, comments on the Facebook group as well. Oh, baked beans as well. Talking about baked beans. I think we're done. Because we, we need to get off and record our middle bonus section this week all we about Cathy Matthews. So look Thank out for that. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. See you next week. See you next time. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Thank you.